Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a long one. It's me and Doug Bateman. He's a returning guest to the show. Uh, does a YouTube channel, a uh, really big pro wrestling fan, really big MMA fan, really big football fan. Um, so we talked about everything. I mean, we talked Royal Rumble. We talked NXT, the indie wrestling scene, uh, women's wrestling in general, uh, the ups and the downs of women's wrestling. You know, so we are, we're kind of harsh on some of it, to be honest. Um, but there is stuff we liked in there, too. I, I want to make that clear as well. But um, so much stuff in this episode. We actually started off by talking some NFL because I'm a big Minnesota Vikings fan and I'm still getting over that loss and Doug is a giant fan of the Dallas Cowboys so I just figured you know I'm just going to leave this as one really long episode I was thinking about cutting it up but you know I know some people like to listen to this while they're at work so here's like a three-hour episode for you guys uh you guys can listen to it in parts listen to it however you want not listen at all uh really up to you of course I hope you do listen and I hope you enjoy but I just figured I'd leave it all in there today and you know maybe you can listen on your way to work or your way home from work or like I said maybe you're at work just sitting behind a desk and you know this helps you pass the time so there's literally so much stuff in this episode that I can't even begin to uh <laughs> can't even begin to really start giving you a preview but like I said the, the main bulk of it is going to be an NXT review of uh TakeOver Philadelphia as well as our Royal Rumble uh, thoughts and of course we talk a lot about the Ronda Rousey appearance because we're both huge fans of mixed martial arts so hope you enjoy this episode with me and Doug Bateman before we get started just want to give a quick shout out to Knockaround Sunglasses uh, Knockaround.com was kind enough to send out a complimentary set it's like a package of their luchador premium uh, sunglasses and like the other cool stuff that comes with it it came with like these little uh, luchador thumb wrestlers uh some uh basically like some authenticity uh i i don't know how to describe it you know like those little memorabilia cards and stuff that you get inside of it all really really nice stuff high quality but most importantly the shades that they sent me are awesome they look really cool I have them posted on all of my social media, so if you want to check out my Twitter at FightTalk underscore or my Facebook group at FightTalk Podcast, um, you can see exactly what they sent me, and go grab yourself a pair as well because they're really cool, they're high quality, they're affordable, and you know, most importantly, they're wrestling-related. They're wrestling-inspired in their limited time, so jump over there right now, knockaround.com. They're not a sponsor of the show, I want to make that clear, but they did uh, set me up with these because I order a lot of their sunglasses and they help me out with this. So, uh, and they definitely didn't have to. So really nice people over there. So once again, shout out to knock around sunglasses. Also want to give a quick shout out to Brian Jensen at, uh, well, I almost said Delgado boxing, but that's not a thing anymore. Uh, Brian Jensen is a USA boxing instructor and personal trainer out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or, uh, actually, the best way is just to hit him up on Instagram. He answers that very quickly at Atlanta Boxing Coach. That's all spelled out at Atlanta Boxing Coach. So hit up Brian Jensen. He's the guy for you. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends. They are a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company specialized in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HL Pro Wrestling. And last but not least, before we get started on this conversation, 
Shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They do the best fantasy pick'em contests out there. Can't say enough good things about them. The Royal Rumble pick'em contest was insane. They gave out $1,000 cash for first place and $100 cash, as well as a WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt for second place, along with artwork and other cash prizes. So WrestleRumble.com is the place to be. Make sure to check them out on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Give them a follow, and that way you can stay up to date with all their contests and be a part of all of their pick'em contests going forward. Their stuff is incredible, and they have merchandise as well over there at WrestleRumble.com. So with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this long, long episode where me and Doug Bateman are going to cover everything you can imagine here on the Fight Talk Podcast. All right, good deal. How you been, man? I've been good. How about you? Dude, hanging in there. Just, I mean, a ton of wrestling and a ton of MMA, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, getting over your Minnesota loss, right? Oh, my God, dude. It, that what was... Happened? It, I mean... Oh, my God. Yeah, like... It's like one of those things where, like... They pulled off the best play I've ever seen in my life, you know, the yeah. week before... So part of me is like, at least there was that, you know, but like then to just get stomped like that, knowing that one went away from playing at home in the fucking Super Bowl. I mean, it really couldn't have been any setup any better. Nick Foles, like, you don't know what you're getting, you know, like it was like the right matchup and it felt like a team of destiny. Yeah. Dude, well, I saw you talking about it, I think, but like, what do you think about like, what does Philly do? Like, if Foles wins the Super Bowl, do they do they trade off Foles or do they do something with Wentz or like what what kind of situation is that going to be? Well, I mean, Wentz is locked into guaranteed money, so I don't see them getting rid of the interesting thing. Is that Wentz tore his ACL and his LCL, so um, he might not even be ready for the beginning of the season. So they might keep Foles just as an insurance policy. So I, I have a feeling he'll stay with me, the Philly, but it's, yeah. it's always good to have a quarterback in your back pocket. So what's your situation in Minnesota? Are all three of them free agents? Yeah, they're all the only guy that's locked in. I don't even I honestly don't even know his name. The fourth string rookie that they drafted, who apparently uh, is is promising, but like not in any position to to take the reins yet so like i don't so what do you think they're gonna do that's so tough man like going into that last game to me it was a no-brainer to roll with keenum just based on you know keep i'm I'm a real strong believer in in not you know facing what isn't broken you know so like yeah you know so but then there's always you know like well i'll just start off by saying you get rid of bradford no no doubt about it like bradford's done um Hey, that dude's just a con artist as far as I'm concerned, man. He like right. he plays just enough to get those fucking contracts when he becomes a free yeah. agent. I mean, it's just he's just working everybody. And there's no way y'all would have given up a first round pick for him if you guys didn't get screwed like right before the season was about to start. You had to make a trade. You Ex- had nothing. Exactly. And and so like, yeah, for sure you you boot Bradford. You like Keenum, it's like one of those things where like he played so good during the regular season, and then he, or at least good, you know, not like lights out, but like managed the game, which is really all we yeah. needed. Um, yeah. And then you have, 
I mean, then you got Teddy, who, well, and then of course you can't rule out. I mean, how bad Keenum looked in that in that last game. I mean, like that's well, always going like, to. How much of Keenum? Like, how much did Shermer help Keenum? Because he's not there either, so that should be interesting. <laughs> right. It's yeah, you're right, man. I mean, it's it's going to be real interesting because then there, you also got I Teddy. Have a feeling, you know. Franchise tag Keenum because you just can't commit to a long-term deal right now, and then you'll probably try to trade Teddy. Is my guess. That's but my if yeah. You keep Teddy, it's a good backup and in case Keenum doesn't work. You can roll with Teddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's the the big thing though. You know, obviously that question mark is like, what do you really get with Teddy? Like, yeah, he has he he was always just really based on potential, and he had like some really bright moments. But he hadn't really, like, when he got hurt was supposed to be that that next season was supposed to be, like, his his breakout, you know, and it just, he, yeah. he hasn't had it. And come, I mean, in any sport, man, I mean, you know, like, it's, I don't know how you come back from what Teddy came back from and, like, not at least think about it. Like, it's, gonna, you know, like, I mean, he, he did all that to his knee just dropping back without any contact. Like, yeah. it just, so I, I just, I don't know what we're going to get. Like, I, yeah. I, I just don't know, like, if he got it, you know, like, is he ever going to be the same, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's the big thing, man. So, like, they're in a really, really weird spot with that. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the crazy thing is their receiving core is great. Like, Diggs and Thielen are, are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, um. So sure. so they just need to get someone who can distribute the ball and somebody who can just hand the ball off because a lot of people forget that Dalvin Cook was out all season. He was supposed to be our top running back. We didn't even have him. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like he, he was he was doing good too until he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, man. What what's going on with your Cowboys, man? Like obviously uh, that wasn't the season you wanted, but I, I know you're a big Romo supporter. I I got the recording by the way too. We can leave some football talk in there for for one of these. But you know what yeah, what's no yeah what's your uh what's what's your your uh, thoughts on that? Because I know you're a big like I said a big uh, Romo guy. Uh, in like Dak, I, mean, I don't know. I think. Now that Romo's not there, things are starting to get exposed. So I think, you know, you look at Dez and Dak and their chemistry and everything. I mean, Romo and Dez were lethal together, like 60 touchdowns in the red zone in like five years or something like that. So, you know, it's it's a different dynamic. And also, Romo is really smart, and everyone's seen that now on CBS. So you see the the commentary and like you know how well he can read defenses, change plays at the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. Dak's not able to do that stuff. Dak's not able to get Dez open, and so it's pretty frustrating. And we basically let go of all our position coaches, or they already they left. So it's going to be a lot of new uh, coaches in the room. My biggest thing is I don't want to blow the whole thing up because let's be honest, if Zeke played. You know, some of those six games, we're going to the playoffs. So it's not all doom and gloom, but there's definitely going to need to be some changes. Um, I think Garrett's on the hot seat this year. I think that's pretty obvious. And I don't know. I hope we keep Dez. My biggest concern is us letting go of Dez because I just don't think we should just blow this whole thing up just yet. Right. Yeah, I we really you. love the draft. We love to build throughout the draft. We don't believe in free agency, and I just don't see anybody in this draft that we can draft to replace Death Bryant. I mean, the best wide receiver in this draft is Calvin Ridley, and, and he's not replacing Death Bryant. So uh, 
I, and I don't even think he gets there at 19. He's probably already taken by then. So I just, I don't know. It, it, it's not as bad as everyone wants to make it out to be. But this is also a big year for Dak. Like, Dak has to show me something this year. Well, because he, he looks so good in his, his rookie year. Like, yeah. this was a huge sophomore slump, right? Yeah, well, our old line played really bad, too. And that's something that a lot of people don't bring up. But, I mean, like, it was, like, the difference of, like, Dak had, like, a QB rating of, like, 90 when Tyron Smith was in the game. And when he wasn't, it was, like, a 45. I mean, it, mm. it's dramatic. And, uh... I think a lot of that, I think Dak was spoiled with the O-line last year, and then when it started to fall apart, like, he didn't know how to react. And then you take Zeke away from him on top of it, and it was just a disaster. But the defense looked pretty good. You know, the defense played pretty well. Demarcus Lawrence balled out. He's going to earn himself a contract. We'll re-sign Zach Martin, and then I don't know what we'll do after that. But like I said, we don't really do free agency. We pay our own. Right. That's interesting, man. We'll... Since we're talking football, might as well ask you, what do you think about that XFL revival? I think it's such a bad idea, but if it keeps Vince away from the WWE, then okay with it. <laughs> right, so, yeah. That's, but that's how like, it sounds. Here's my thing, though. is like It's going to get exposed. Like Vince, I mean, Linda's life was part of basically Trump's cabinet, and then he's going to tell players are not um, allowed to kneel. They all have to stand. They won't take any players with criminal records. Like, it has to be the complete opposite of that. You need the Chad Ochocinco's, the Ray Rice's, the Johnny Manziel's, the Greg Hardy's. Like, put them all in there because people will still watch them play football. And and uh, if, if they're going to go that route, then, then they're going to have a lot of problems because you're going to have a way less talented league and uh, it, it's a bad idea. I mean, I, I remember just being a kid. And watching the XFL and seeing like wide receivers wide open and dropping the ball, like right. I just yeah. remember yeah. Them, just thinking to myself like this is bad, like these guys suck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like the only thing I think might work out for it is I don't know if there will be football in 2020. I really think it's going to be a holdout. Um, I think players are smarter now, and they're really going to need a, a deal that they feel comfortable with to sign, and I really don't know if the owners will give them that deal, and they're going to be asking for a lot, I know that. So they might benefit the fact that there just might not be football, so people will want to watch, you know, but... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that that's, I think that's definitely a big part of why they're coming back when they are, like, targeting yeah. that 2020, because... Yeah. um. You know, that that was it, – it's so – it's just it's just weird because – I don't know because like you said, like the TV deals, they obviously saw what the NBA got a couple years ago and they're looking at it like we play a much more dangerous sport than they do and, yeah. you know, we got to get – we got to get paid more than them essentially. And then, yeah. you know, NFL is the only – to my knowledge, it's the only like – maybe there's some other major sports that are the same way now but – I know the NFL, like the networks have to pay the NFL to air. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, it's like it's all backwards with the NFL because of how valuable the brand is. Like, it's so yeah. it's so tricky, that whole thing. And, you know, to your point with like the XFL, it was it was players when it was originally around. It was players that obviously were less talented than I'm not obviously not saying anything out of school. Everyone knows that. But like to me, it, it wasn't even just that. Like Opie and Anthony, who I don't know if you remember them, the radio personalities 
you know, those guys I think were hilarious. Like, I really like listening to their show. Uh, Sam Roberts came from there who talks wrestling all the time and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs on the radio, but, like, they were the XFL, like, sideline reporters and, like, like, they were just making fun of the game as it was happening, like, on, like, the yeah. live broadcast. You know, like, no one was taking it seriously, even the people involved with it. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, and like you said, I, I just, I think you're right about them having to be different than what they've come out and said that they're going to be doing because, I mean, how, how, I don't, like, they're saying the rules are going to be different. It's going to be, like, faster pace with less breaks yeah. and, and more yeah. – but somehow also more family-friendly with less cheerleaders and, or no cheerleaders. And it's like, yeah. what exactly are you trying – are you trying to do arena football but, like, more people well, are watching? Or? Is when Vince was like, you know, the fans' attention span for three hours. It gets pretty hard <laughs> to keep their attention for three hours. Like, you don't Yeah, say, right. Yeah, like, every Monday. <laughs> Oh my oh. god. Okay. Well, uh, can we do that with wrestling? Right. Oh, that's so fun. I'm like I'm literally laughing out loud over here, dude. That's so funny. Like because people have been saying that about Monday Night Raw for years. Like no one can no one can take it for three hours and, and... <laughs> like and, and, and you know that they just put stuff on just for filler, you know? It's like, oh my god, this is why, you know? Like I can yeah. never watch a raw live. The only t- I watched that crap. That's too funny. I've, I've, we were probably pretty much on the same, on the same page with most of that stuff. Like I, cause I'm with you, man. Like I'm tuned in. Like a lot of people I know that don't even like wrestling were tuned in because they were like, I want to hear or watch some nostalgia. Like I heard that this thing's going on and like, I might be able to see Steve Austin. Like I thought like that was even lame. And I, I mean, I fucking love Stone Cold. I grew up on Stone Cold. Like, and yeah. even, even that was like, okay, he got, I mean, he got the point. I know how dumb. W- I mean, you got like the best Mike guy like ever standing right there like, in the ring. Vince is telling him that he's old, he's senile, all that stuff. And I mean, these are these are total opportunities for Stone Cold to give it right back to him, and like nothing, just smile or whatever stands there. Yeah, Stunner, hold them up, Stunner, hold them up, well, another Stunner, another Stunner. You know, I think it was good though because it made you appreciate what you have now, like. You don't want to see that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's cool they came out or you saw DX or whatever happened, you know. But, like, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I'm looking forward to the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. Or are we going to advance this? Or I can't wait for NXT. I'm done with that crap, man. Let's let's move on, you know. Yeah, dude. And you know what? I'm just going to – because I don't get many fans on, like, you on my show. Like, as far as, like, around my age, been watching as long as we have, have similar opinions like this. Like, might as well just say it, because I'd probably get, I'll get heated either way, but, like, you were talking about Raw 25 and all that stuff. I'm just going to, like, rant on everyone's parade. I'm done with The Undertaker. Like, I've had, I've had so enough, I've, it's just, it's just done. Like, that, what was the point of that on Raw? Like, at all, to do that? Well, and the sad thing is, so the fans start chanting, like, one more match, because they thought he was about to announce his retirement, like, right there. And then he just, like said something about his victims on the floor or something, and then that was it. And yeah. I'm like, 
So yeah, to me it's like so you're so you're telling me like because the way it sounds from like what I'm watching on television is that he's gonna wrestle again. Probably John Cena WrestleMania is what everyone thinks at least. And like so from my perspective, like I went all the way to Orlando for WrestleMania last year, drove the whole way. It was like 13 hours or whatever, and I, it was a great weekend. I loved the show. But my least favorite match of the entire weekend was Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Like, I just thought it was a bad match. So it's like, so, but the, the silver lining there was, well, it's Undertaker's retirement match. Like, this is a, this is a big deal. Like, I respect this. But now in hindsight, like, if he comes back this year, I'm just, I'm going to look at that whole scenario as like, that was fucking lame. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, so that was just another way of trying to trick me into thinking Roman Reigns was a bigger deal than he is, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't know what, cause I'm a Roman Reigns fan, but like, yeah. but like it, it means a lot more to be the dude who, who took out the undertaker forever than the dude who just beat him just like Brock did a couple years ago. And he's just going to come back again. The sad thing is too, is let, let's be honest, that match taker looked really past his prime. Oh, it's like definitely on taker. Yeah. Yeah. Looked slower. Like it was rough. And so like, that's when I was hoping that the Undertaker would realize, hey, you know, I don't have it anymore. It's time to move on. And then if you, you watch, did you watch that documentary after uh, uh, NXT? Yeah, or, I did. Or, or, or Rumble or whatever it was. Yeah, after the Rumble, yeah. I mean, it looked like he was totally convinced he's done. Yeah. Like, he was like, that's it. That's my, that's, you know, good ride. He's like, but then you never know where the next day takes you or some crap. And then it's like, dude, just let it go. Like, you're done, dude. Right. Dude, man, there's a, and there's a lot of that with, like, that raw, like, same kind of, like, DX. Like, did, did, I didn't, I don't need to see it anymore. Like, I, I, like, these guys, like, it wasn't cool in 2006 or 7 or whatever, like, when they did it that time. But even then, it was like, okay, like, I'm, it's Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Like, I can get into this. It's DX. Like, but that, like, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you see that, right? And, like, I'm sorry, but when I see Billy Gunn and, and Road Dog, I see BKM from TNA, you know? And then, like, when I when I see X-Pac, I remember, like, X-Pac on, like, the Surreal Life begging China to come back to him. Like, I've seen all these people's, like, when they've fallen over and over again, and they don't, it doesn't seem the same at all. You look at Triple H, and he's basically our new Vince McMahon. Like, that's not this outlaw, let's, you know, shock the system let's do what we want to do and take over this business this is this is nonsense you know go put away your little kitty t-shirts and let's, let's just move on right hey well and i got another, one more question for you because i'm actually yeah. watching it on uh and then we'll get into nxt and the royal rumble but yeah. i i uh i just have it on my screen how are you uh keeping up at all with 205 live and the new gm thing i saw rockstar spuds a new gm that, yeah that's a that's actually a pretty good signing. I don't, I don't mind that one. And then they're doing a tournament. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to kind of try to re, almost redo the CWC over like the next couple months, and it'll culminate yeah. at WrestleMania, which, I mean, I don't have anything against either. I was really surprised to see Spud come. I mean, I knew he was coming in, or at least that's what the rumor was, but I was surprised to see him put in as the GM. But, I mean, yeah. everyone knows he can talk, so I figured you'd be interested yeah. being, you know, an old TNA fan and everything. Yeah, no, he's... I, I think he's very good for that character, and uh, it'd be inter- and, and he brings the entertainment side to the cruiserweight division, and you know a lot of them lack that, so that that part's good too. Um, I'm interested to see all who's in it. 
hopefully they have some good names. And it's not just, you know, whoever they have signed on the roster right now. But we'll see. I think Ray Mysterio would be perfect for that tournament. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. So I saw Ray Mysterio live here in Nashville at the fairgrounds. He uh, he did a TV taping for this company, Aero Lucha, run by Conan. Okay. And uh, they, they were doing, like, a TV pilot. I don't think they've done anything with the footage yet, but they're, like, trying to build up this new brand. But anyways, so I, I was there, and I said it on Twitter today, and it actually got, like, somewhat of a response. But, like, so <laughs> Ray Mysterio's physique has changed so much in, like, the month and a half since I've seen him last from what I saw on WWE TV last night. Like, really? I don't know what that dude did for this last 90 days or so. But, or sorry, last like like forty days or so. But like that, I mean, I, I hey, teach it's it's it is what it is. I don't I don't care. It's pro wrestling. But like, yeah. I mean, I was just when I saw him on screen, I was shocked. I was like, oh my god, that dude looked. Ray Mysterio looked awesome at the Rumble. I mean, he looked straight out of like two thousand six. Like he he did not look like aged at all. He was moving fast and like. You know, usually you're used to, like, singlet Mysterio, out-of-shape Mysterio. That's what I was expecting. And when he came out, I was like, okay, well, he's taking this seriously. And, like, he looked, he looked like he was ready to go. So I hope they come to some type of agreement with him and bring him back more often. Yeah, and we've talked about this with, like, MMA and stuff with, like, you know, PEDs, alleged PEDs, that kind of stuff. And, like, yeah. my thing is, well, they don't test their part-timers, so... Go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, why not? You know, Rey Mysterio, come on in. Yeah. Why not? Well, shit, man. Let's talk a little NXT and then a little Royal Rumble because I know you watch both shows. Yep. Um, we'll just kind of go match by match. You don't have to do like a full on, you know, breakdown if we don't want. But like, I was going to start okay. kind of touching on stuff and we'll just kind of just keep keep the conversation rolling. Um, sure. We'll just start with the beginning of the show. We had the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, you know, Red Dragon, as most people yep. still know him, uh, taking on the Authors of Pain in a match that went about 15 minutes long. And, yep. dude, I, like, O'Reilly and Fish are just, they might be the best overall tag team in the in the whole WWE. I mean, they're just yep. they're just solid. What do you think about this match, man? Because I, I thought this was, a, this was a solid opener. I thought it was a good match. It felt like they got the opener time i guess you would say like maybe not as much um effort or focus on that match because it was the opener but i thought it was a good match you know i've been really impressed with authors of pain like i think that they're booked really well i think that they have good matches i think that they they played the monster role well um and yeah i, I like them a lot and then of course i love red dragon um i've met both of them at local shows too so they're very cool um and I'm just happy for those guys. I'm happy that they're they're getting mainstream attention in the, from wrestling fans because Lord knows they deserve it. Oh yeah, man. And I mean, we've both been watching those guys for I couldn't even tell you how long, you know, yeah. since. So they I mean, really they really like earned I've it. I've been a huge Kyle O'Reilly fan, and you know he's one like because he's kind of like affiliated himself with Davy Richards, and I'm a big Davy Richards fan, so like. You know, I, I've always supported Kyle, and, you know, you, you go with, you know, Future Shock of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and follow them all the way through, and, you know, you just can't be happy. It's just you're happy for those guys, man. It's, just, it's great that they're there. Yeah, man, for sure. And, I you know, I recently found out that Kyle O'Reilly is diabetic, which I yeah. – 
you know, which I, I'm not and no one close to me really is, but I think that it's a really cool thing that he's like so public about it because I think that that kind of stuff like detracts people a lot of the time from like chasing dreams and to know that a dude like O'Reilly is not only like that badass of pro wrestling, like he's apparently a legit grappler and stuff too. Like, I mean, he's yeah. so Kyle O'Reilly is like really, he's the kind of guy that I think the WWE can really get behind and, and he's still young. So, I mean, huge yeah. future. Really yeah, big no, thing. actually, I heard, I know a guy that goes to a lot of, he goes to basically every PWG, and, uh, like, I don't know how the subject got brought up, but, like, worry about uh, people's health. And I've heard Davey actually say this in a shoot interview, too, and they were talking about how one guy they really worry about is Kyle, because he is diabetic, and he pushes himself so hard. But he seems like he has it down to a real science, so... You know, but I mean, the crazy thing is that guy would go, you know, in ROH for like an hour and brutal matches too, and <coughs> still make it okay. So, man, it's amazing. Absolutely, man. And I'll take this opportunity right now so I don't forget to uh, give a shout out to a guy that I know we're both big fans of that wasn't on this show, Roderick Strong. That baffles my mind. Don't know how yeah. you don't have a spot for him on here. Especially he was having somewhat momentum, you know, from War Games. He was he was in the main event, and uh, he was uh, wasn't he in like the number one contender match or whatever? I think he was. On yeah, or yeah. They had and like so, a they had like a tournament type thing, but he he's currently in like this three way feud with Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane. Like it's like this really odd three way feud going on on NXT. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah well yeah because like lars is like incredibly generic like he's he's, yeah. he's very snitsky-esque you know yeah and killian's got a lot of a lot of promise for a big guy i think he does a lot of a lot of pretty cool stuff um but yeah neither really seems like the kind of guy that you would maybe individually you could do something but sullivan also squashed rude on an episode and or sorry uh, squashed uh strong on nxt not that long ago too like it's it's just it's kind of it's just weird with the booking, but anyway, my whole point, I guess, of bringing that up is I I don't know I don't know how you don't have a, a spot for Roger Strong on this show. With I just I just really think he's one of the best in the no, ring in the world. No, like with these new signings, man, those spots are going to be limited in takeover matches. Like, you're, I I hope guys don't get lost in the shuffle because it, it's get the competition's getting pretty pretty fierce in there. That's true. That's true. Well, and that's a good transition into the next match because uh, a guy that I, you know, I don't know what your thoughts on on Velveteen Dream are yet, and I'm I'm interested to hear what you think about him because I'm I'm a really really big fan considering the guy's age and that he's not afraid to take chances like with his character and the stuff that he's doing, and you know he took on Cassius Ono, who I think we've both referred to on my show as Fat Chris Hero, but um. Yeah, so what do you think about this one, man? Because this was it looks like they're using, you know, Ono more as like the dude to help get over younger talent month after month. And uh Velotin looks like he's on the up and up. I, I loved his match with, with Alistair Black. So what did you think about this one, man? I, I really like Velveteen Dream as well, and I think that it, he he proves that characters do matter because Whenever he wrestles, people are very invested in his matches. And, and I can say that because I was there live when he faced Aleister Black. 
And I mean, the whole crowd was invested in the whole Say My Name gimmick. That was everything to them. And they were chanting it, and it meant something. And he just knows how to play the crowd. And even though he's green, he's still very, uh, very smart. And I, I love the small things in wrestling, right? And so, like, his trunks are awesome. Like, he had a picture of his face and Ono's face, and on the other side, he had a picture of Ali in the boxing ring. And that was also to fit the storyline of how he was going to knock him out in 30 seconds. Um, you, it's obvious he's a big Macho Man fan, clear as day. Uh, like, Velveteen Dream, to me, is like a mix of, like, Macho Man, Orlando Jordan, and, like, Prince. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. I, and I hated Orlando Jordan. Like, he's he's what Orlando Jordan wish he could have been. You know what I mean? Like, he's extremely athletic. And uh, and another thing I love about him is you know that he loves the business. Like, you know that he, he's a diehard fan. And uh, he's not just there just to, you know, make money and bounce. Like, he, he really loves this. So, that helps. That being said about Chris Hero, Cassius Ono, like, I honestly, I'm ready for them to let him go. I think that he is a shell of himself. Now, granted, he is fat, and I get that, but, like, I've seen him perform at indie shows and just go balls to the wall and have amazing matches like Zack Sabre Jr. and stuff. So I think that he would just be better off in the independent circuit. I mean, basically, he is an NXT jobber. He's not even really a gatekeeper because he doesn't win matches. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's cool that he is in there, but like to me, he has never been the same since they cut him. When they cut him that first time, he got fat, and he got happy to be at the independence and all that stuff, and then he re-signs, and it's just, I feel like he's at the twilight of his career, and he had so much promise. I mean, when he was in Kings of Wrestling, I thought that guy was going to be the next thing. You know what I mean? It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, so. most people thought that he'd be the breakout between him and Castagnoli. Yeah. Um, which obviously was not the case. But, uh, I, and I couldn't agree with you more about Velveteen, man. Like, I, I, those trunks were amazing. Those were like the coolest fight trunks I've ever seen. Like, I thought that was yeah. thought that was so smart. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. You know, you bring up Orlando Jordan, which obviously people make that similarity, but we also don't have Velveteen Dream like covering himself in like fucking lotion and shit on television too. Right. You know, like yeah, nothing too extreme. Like you kind of question his sexuality and all that, but he never does anything to make you really think he's this way or that way. You know what I mean? Right. And then also, like his tights are very like Rick Rudish because I remember. When he faced Aleister Black, one side Velveteen Dream, one side Aleister Black. Like, I love that. I love those small little things. Like, all that stuff matters, and people will remember that stuff. And then, you know, if you make action figures, like, you can have that, and they'll know exactly what event it was from and everything. Like, all that stuff matters. I love when guys, like, on new pay-per-views, they change their look and all that, because it's this business, you can get stale real quick. So... It's smart. Yeah, man. I've heard Rey Mysterio talk about it a lot where he says he never wears the same gear twice. His whole career just always, yeah. even if it's the same mask, it's the same mask, but with different trunks or he's always changing it up. So, yeah. um, I think that's really, really good insight there in the next match that we had. This is another one. This was really interesting to me because we had Ember Moon defending her NXT women's championship against Shayna Baszler, um, retaining the title. But to me, Baszler, is the most entertaining woman 
like in the whole company, probably, probably because I'm such an MMA fan, obviously. But have you seen Shayna wrestle before that night? Like, have you did you watch her in May Young? Did you watch her in the Independence at all? Yeah, I did. See, so like I've never seen Shayna wrestle, and I've seen Shayna fight multiple times. And one thing I noticed clearly bigger. Like, she's clearly bigger than when she fights. So she yeah. put on some weight, for sure. Second thing, female Samoa Joe. Like, that's the gimmick that she's rocking right now. Right. Like, wrecking machine, the towel, the, the just not not caring and being brutal in the ring. Like, clearly, the, the rear naked choke. Like, clearly Samoa Joe. But honestly, like, as, as long as she's been in the business, I was pretty impressed by her. I saw a bunch of people talking about, like, how green she was and all this stuff. But, like, I thought she did pretty well. And I thought she told a pretty good story. And she came across as a badass. And I thought Ember Moon really oversold her shoulder. I thought she really oversold a lot of stuff. Like, I, I just didn't think that I, if, if I had to point out the weakness in that match, I thought it was more Ember Moon than it was Shayna. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, with Baszler, it's what I like about her is, I mean, she seems just very authentic when she's when she's wrestling. Like she's I really one thing I really like that she does is when she does the uh, like the break in the ropes where most people will like gouge someone's eye or like pie face somebody. She kicks their leg out from under them in the corner. Yeah. Which, you know, those are just really cool, like, bully moves. It's the kind of stuff I would expect out of, like, Kevin Owens or something. Like, just like a dickhead. You know, like, so... And, and that's perfect for a heel wrestler. So, I... You know, I, I think there's a lot of big things coming for Shayna. Especially... And we're going to talk about Ronda, of course. But, you know, especially oh, yeah, with their connection. So... Okay, cool. Well, let's keep moving on. Because I want to get to that for sure. Um, Up next, we had an Extreme Rules match that I thought was really, really good. Between Aleister Black and Adam Cole. Um... You can see that they're positioning Aleister Black for really big things in NXT and his eventual... It, whenever he gets to the main roster, like, I'm terrified because I don't know what the hell they're going to do to him to, to screw him up. Be it, I'm just waiting for it. But he just seems like so can't miss with his his skill set and his character and his entrance and the whole deal. Well, like, uh, on top of that, too, like you look at Finn, right? He's been the demon, right? But there's nothing about him that looks like a demon unless he paints himself. Right. Aleister Black looks like a demon. Like, Aleister Black looks like the character that he presents 24-7. The tattoos, the way he walks, the way that he just is always serious. Like, he looks like a badass. And so, in my opinion, that's going to be so much easier to get across than somebody that plays Legos in his in his spare time <laughs> in the bedroom and claims that he's a demon. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, that's 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 hilarious, but that's a very, very good point. Extremely nice guy. There's nothing about him that makes you think, oh the demon. You know, like look at the Undertaker, right? Like the Undertaker looked like the Undertaker the whole time. Like it made sense he was the Undertaker. I didn't know if he was alive or dead when I was a kid. And I never really looked into it, but yeah, I remember, like, me and my buddy Bill, like, we looked up and see where Death Valley was, because we right, where right. he was from, right, right. But, like, you believed that character. Right. What part of Finn Balor, when he comes out, do you believe that that man is a demon? Unless he's painted. No, he, lo- he looks like 12 years old. Exactly, you know? And he looks like one of those typical cruiserweights, you know? And, like... 
I know he's better than what they portray. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's not a great wrestler or anything like that. But I think they have completely dropped the ball in the way that they've presented his character and the way that we're supposed to buy into him as some demon. Like, that's it's a joke. Right, right. So, <laughs> but so as far as, like, Alistair Black goes, like, the way, how we got to that is because he's, you know, he basically is, like, a demon-type character, but, like, super believable with, a really good arsenal of MMA moves that he uses in his yep. matches. And then Adam Cole, I mean, what do you really have to say about Adam Cole? If, if, you, if you know who Adam Cole is and you've seen his matches, you know what to expect. Uh, he's, I think, of all the guys on this show, aside from maybe CN, who we're going to talk about here in a second, and maybe Velveteen, I think Adam Cole has the most like superstar potential. Like, there's something about him that seems to yes. really connect with the crowd. Um, and myself, like I'm, I'm a big fan too. It, it isn't just from an outsider perspective, but uh, what did you think about this matchup? And then I guess, what are your thoughts on Adam Cole as well? Uh, I absolutely love Adam Cole. I think, I think there's a lot of guys in the business that will never understand facial reactions and the selling of emotion and the selling of like how the character feels. And Adam Cole is so good at it. Like, there's something about that guy that he totally gets it and he gets the small stuff and he's just, you know, and if you meet him, he is so super nice and it's completely unlike his heel character and that is even more impressive to me. Um, I, I always thought Adam Cole was WWE bound because I feel like that he can really uh, be something there. Um, I thought the match was good. Honestly, I was a little surprised that Alistair um, won. And one thing I didn't like about that was is just the fact that we basically already knew the outcome of the main event because you're not going to put a baby face and a baby face in the next takeover unless something weird happens or random. So, like, right then and there, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, Gargano's going to lose and Ciampa's going to cost him the match. I guess immediately in my head. You know what I mean? Right. But overall, I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I thought it was a good match, too. And, and you know, funny story, but uh, I've heard how Adam Cole started uh, dipping tobacco. He saw the, uh, like, that classic high, I think it was high spots. Today. I know I own it, actually. But it was, like, the Ric Flair retirement uh, shoot interview that he did where he was, like, talking about how he's never going to wrestle again and, like, wound up in TNA, like, a few months later, like, that whole yeah. thing. But he started chewing tobacco. Because he saw uh, Ric Flair doing it in that shoot interview, and so did I. Because we're, we're right around the same age, and like that, was, I did the same thing. I, I quit because I hated it, but I thought the Ric Flair was so cool. Like that, that got me chewing tobacco. Um, but man, Adam Cole, like, I, I, I mean, if they screw him up, they're just. But that's my big thing, and it sucks, doesn't it? Where like you see the potential in all these guys that we're talking about, but just dread them getting the call up. Yeah, there's certain guys, though, that I feel like, let's say, no matter what, that they're probably going to be okay, and there's certain guys where you're like, oh, man, this could be rough. Like, you knew when Apollo Crews got the call up, like, there's, it's not going to go He wasn't hard. ready. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready at all. And, and, and certain guys like that where you're like, uh, but like when Nakamura gets the call up, like, you're like, eh, he'll, he'll be all right. Uh, Robert Roode, like... 
even if you want to crap on him or whatever, like he'll be able to hold his own on the mic. He'll be able to hold his own in the ring. Like he'll be okay. I'm a fan um, of his. I, I, he's always been technically really, really good. Yes. Um, so there's certain guys where I feel okay. So like if an Adam Cole got a call up, I, I, there's no way that that guy's not going to be in an entertaining program eventually, or like eventually things will work out in his favor. You know what I mean? Right. So, I, I, but there are certain guys too where you're like. Like, if a Velveteen Dream got the call up right now, it would be it would be bad. It would be very bad. Yeah, they'd probably pair him with Goldust or something, and it'd be like right. weird, you know. And um, like Tyler Breeze, like he 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 was something in NXT. He is absolutely nothing now. You know what I mean? So that sucks. And another good example, I don't want to forget because you you actually brought it up in my show, I believe. Well, when we talked a while ago, you you asked the question: Is Ty Dillinger over or is Ten over? And we, I think we yeah. found that out by now. Yep, exactly. That's another one. I mean, like people were chanting Ten when he came out of the Royal Rumble. He gets eliminated. Nobody or he doesn't even get to be in the match, and nobody cared. Like it was like, oh, whatever. Next. Right. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I agree. So there's just certain guys that you know. And, and, and what did what, what did even Ty Dillinger really do in NXT that makes you think oh he needs a call up? You know. I think like, his his thing was just more based on longevity. I think they were just at a point where they were like he'd done two cents with the company and that he was like good enough to be that. It was like a it's like a almost like a backup QB or something. I guess where it's like well what do you. You know, do you just give them the call up and hope that I think they just gave him the call up hoping it was gonna work, to be honest, because they had they had run out of things at NXT, but he was still getting a crowd reaction. So they just yeah. they tried it and I think it's just kind of been a failed experiment. Yeah, I am with you. We'll talk about the the main event and then we'll talk a little bit about NXT. Alright, man, sounds good. Well the main event was amazing. Uh amazing. Yeah, possibly the best match in NXT history. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that it isn't or that it is. I, I think that it's, it's absolutely in that conversation. I really, you know, if I'm gonna compare, um, I really, really love that Nakamura and Sami Zayn match. Like I, that one's, yeah. you know, <clears throat> but there's maybe a, but this, my God, was this good? The storytelling was amazing. We had uh, Andrade Cien Almas retaining his title against uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, Gargano. I mean, the guy just sells his ass off, and another guy with really great facials, and yeah. almost. I think I saw. He did. He did. It was very Sami Zayn esque with like the selling, you know, with the. Do you know Almas' background? They say he's a third generation wrestler. I don't know much about him. So he was La Sombra in New Japan under a mask, uh, okay. and he actually defeated. I believe you defeated Nakamura at one point, if I'm not mistaken, for the uh, IWGP Intercontinental title. So he he was like an upper an upper card guy in New so Japan he's not before. Not a guy that they really like groomed and made. Not right? at all. No, the, they okay. they they only did from the perspective of they took his mascot similar to El Generico. They had to like yeah. re re character him up, I guess, like totally. Okay. Um, well, the manager helps a lot for him. She's great. Yeah, and she can work obviously. Yeah. So that that's you know that's huge and. Um, I think I saw you ask the question on Twitter or make the the statement, or maybe I, I remember how you worded it, but I, I believe you were asking like, is Cien Almas the next Eddie Guerrero? Like, what do you yeah. think? I I mean I don't think we've seen a Mexican wrestler this good since Eddie. So I mean I'm not saying that he is Eddie, but um, I 
and I'm not saying he's better than Eddie or he's already on Eddie's level, but let's say he puts in another 10 years. I mean, he, he might, might be right there. Like, I'm blown away by that guy. Way better than Del Rio. I've really seen him wrestle, he's delivered. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've, I, I'm way better than anything I've seen Alberto Del Rio ever do. Absolutely. Um, and, and the thing with Del Rio is Del Rio really was just a gimmick. You know, it's not like Del Rio was having great matches. He was more just a gimmick. You know, he'd come out with the car and all that stuff. Like, And that ring announcer got him over, too, who who got canned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but, man, almost. And see, this is what drives me crazy about the PG era, right? Is when guys are limited in the ring, they cannot get themselves over. And when guys have matches like that, they're going to elevate Themselves. People will care more about them because they saw what they delivered in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if yeah. you can do that consistently, you can get over without being some charismatic character because you, you just deliver in the ring on a consistent basis like that. And and that's what's so frustrating is guys need the platform to get themselves over. And it happened all the time, especially like Brock and, uh, Brock and Triple H back in the day when they were in that IC title run and stuff. Like, they were getting themselves over by having great matches with each other, you know? Yeah. And that's that's like a dying art when it comes to the WWE, but man, NXT, like Velveteen Dream, every time, man, he's having these big killer matches that even aren't even huge spots on the card, but he just keeps delivering. And I promise you, if he's not on the next takeover, people are going to be pissed because every takeover he delivers. Dude. Very good, very good points. And, you know, to that to that same point about getting yourself over, that's a big reason that I'm a, such a big Roderick Strong fan. I think the guy's boring yes. as hell as a person. But yes. but in the ring, he he's won me over. Like, how many, how many fucking people have we heard with the storyline of, I have a wife and kids? I mean, it's everybody. You yeah. know, like, and that, that's his gimmick. You know, and it's like, I don't care about any of that. Like, the guy, every single time he has a match, it's entertaining. So that's yep. that's why I like him. Um, as far as the main event <coughs> main event goes, do you want to elaborate any more on the actual match between Almas and Gargano? Just tons of false finishes, and and not just false finishes, because there's false finishes where like, oh, you know, that could be it, but you have a good feeling like that's that's not it. Like there were like legit four or five times where you said, oh, that's it, and he kicked out. And you're like, oh my god, like they're going for it, and. Man, did they ever! And that match was awesome. That was awesome, and I, I, I even like how like Joey's wife got involved, and and then like you know like it was just a lot of emotion. The crowd was so into that match, even though Effie Philly, um, it was yeah. it was it was amazing, you know. And then I like the fact that they they let almost win, and then you know Champa interfered afterwards, like on the way out. Like I like that. That match isn't going to be tainted by some BS interference. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. And they did such a good job that going into it, like I honestly would have preferred almost to win the match. Like I think he makes for like the better champion right now for what they're doing and like where they're headed and the storylines and stuff. But during yeah. but during the match, it I was like so I was rooting for Gargano. Like by like by like halfway through the match, I was like fuck almost. Like I want to see Gargano get this done. Like I can't believe that he might actually do this um and then with the uh 
Well, the way they built it too, right? Like Johnny's family's there. Like this is his moment, you know. And then like it's in Philly, where like Evolve was, and all this stuff. Like it just it had that feel like this could have been his night. You know what I mean? So that was cool. Yeah, for sure. And then the you know Champa coming out, I thought that was cool. And I think it, it can make for a a cool explanation. I think because I, a lot of people I've seen I've seen like complain about. Well, if Champa was there, why wouldn't he have, you know, interfered during the match to cost Gargano and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't you guys realize if Gargano won, then he gets a title shot on top of just wanting to beat him up? Like that, yeah. you know, I would I would totally play that storyline of he wanted Gargano to win that match because then he'd become NXT champion also. Right. You know, so anyway, um, I'm with you, man. I thought that match was absolutely amazing. I thought the whole show was great. Can't miss show. Uh, anyone who likes pro wrestling needs to check it out. All right. Well, and, and what I was gonna say about NXT is, is like we're getting to the point now where like this isn't a feeder league, right? And the the, the talent that they have, you don't even want to see them leave. So maybe it needs to get to a point where WWE starts having discussions to where they just keep NXT as an alternative brand and start paying guys more money and and going that route because. There's certain guys too that were that are really over, especially like the women too. Like Bailey, Bailey belongs in NXT. Like it's it's awful what's going on with her in the main roster. Yeah, and, and so like I, I think that it's way more successful than they ever thought it was going to be. And I just love the format. Like I wish the WWE would adopt that format. Like they they want to talk about entertainment and all this crap, but like bad entertainment is not entertainment. And that's what mostly WWE is. And so the fact that you have this show and it's successful, like why would you not put that on the main roster? Why would you not want to have those type of matches? You know, that's my thing too is these main roster guys are watching these matches and they know that they can either top it or at least get damn close and they're not allowed to and it's got to be frustrating. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's kind of crazy that we're like still saying the same stuff, like kind of that you were saying back in like your YouTube, like kind of heyday, I guess you'd call it, where like this is basically this is TNA in NXT. Like these are all the guys that if TNA was successful, this is like the group of dudes who would be there doing these matches, just killing it with the WWE still doing and making the same mistakes that they've been doing like this whole time. It's like it's almost like. It's really like a whole lot hasn't changed other than Triple H has now formed a thing within the WWE where he can he can do it himself. And like I hope that when Triple takes over, like he's not going to be like, well, you know, we, we run the WWE this way, we run NXT this way, and they're too tall. Like, no, you need to bring the NXT style to the WWE. Like that's what works. That's what the people want right now. Yeah, and I think that I think it's gonna have to because if not, you gotta believe that guys backstage are taking note of what guys like Cody Rhodes have done. I mean, there's a lot of those guys who can leave the company and go and and have. Cody said he made more money in 2017 than he ever did with the WWE. I mean, he he worked a lot harder because he had to do it all himself and book himself and travel himself. But still, like you can make a damn good living outside the WWE now and have the kind of matches you actually want to have. Like, what is Dolph Ziggler doing? Like, why would you re-sign oh, with them? God, like, I don't dude. know if he officially re-signed or whatever, but, like, like, I heard that he was supposed to 
feud with Robert Roode for the U.S. title. Well, he wasn't part of that four-way for the number one. Now it's Rusev. So, like, what are you doing? He came all the way back to get eliminated, like, for nothing. Like, he's he's a guy that I think could go to New Japan and kill it. But it sucks. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. Well, show. let's talk about the Royal Rumble. Because, I mean, that's a good segue. I'll just bring it up now. Like, just since we're talking about him. I, I can't agree with you more. That Ziggler coming in at number 30 and what they did with it was just a total waste. It was it was more confusing than anything else. Like, he wasn't even gone for very long. It was like a month. And well, like, he created, he, like, made this statement and all this stuff, so you'd think if he's coming back, he's coming back with a push, and it was just, like, nothing. Exactly. Like, I'm at the point, it's sad, too, because... Like, all the fans have given up on him, and I'm at the point where, like, I have no sympathy for him because he keeps sticking around with this company. Like, yes, exactly. Go somewhere else, go make money. Like, you mean to tell me him and Kenny Omega and New Japan wouldn't sell? Like, people would watch that, and it would deliver, you know? Dude, 100%, man. I could not agree. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Um, well, shit, as far as this show goes, I, I don't even, I didn't even remember that some of these matches happened, to be honest. Um, <laughs> We we had the. Uh, I really liked the way that they did it, though. Like, I really like how they even even the main event at the beginning. Like, I didn't mind that, and then the rumble right after. Like, dude, after that, I felt fulfilled. I could have just left and been like, "Great, that was a good pay per view. I had fun. Thanks." You know? Oh, but like, and then there were still two more hours left. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed this whole show. Um, yeah. I thought the Royal Rumble. I thought this whole show was great. I just I was more referring to like the pre-show stuff it was such a long such a long night of i mean no, geez. you watch the pre-show and four hour royal rumble it makes for a very long night yeah and before that i was actually catching up on new japan like for like a few hours before this yeah. started so that was a uh i watched new japan earlier that day but i was caught up by the time rumble got there hey it's good to hear you're you're keeping up with that man It's interesting that the English commentary is Don Callis, who now owns TNA. Yeah, it, very is. it is very interesting. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if you were around with Pride. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, come on, um, man. That's Crow Cops what got me into all this, man. But, like, can you imagine, like, I don't know, did you watch Pride on Japanese commentary? Oh, well, I was, so I was always watching, like, whatever I could find through the internet, like, after the okay. fact. So, yes, everything I listen, well, I'm sorry, not always, because sometimes it was Boss and Morrow. But, yes. but most of the time I was hearing just Japanese guys yelling. Okay, so, like, <clears throat> I remember, I remember having to stay away from the internet for, like, a week because they wouldn't air those shows until, like, a week later. But, like, I watched them on the English pay per view, like, all the time. So, if I had to watch Pride on Japanese uh, commentary, I don't know if I'd have made it through the whole show. Like I, it's just part of wrestling. A lot of it is wanting to understand the story of why these guys are fighting and stuff like that. And you don't want to just try to figure it out on your own. So to me, like the English commentary helps a lot. So. That's that's one of the main reasons that I can really follow New Japan now and get excited about it is because almost everything is covered on English commentary. So, gotcha. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm really glad that you're uh, you're becoming more and more of a fan of it, man. Like that's 
That's great because I've been saying for quite a while that I think New Japan puts on the best, as far as the in-ring product's concerned, the most consistent great wrestling out there. So. Well, you say that like a match like Almas and Gargano with like a U.S. crowd, like a hot crowd going crazy, you don't get that from New Japan, right? And I'm not saying like it has to be that all the time, but I do miss that aspect sometimes. I do miss fans just going like, that shit crazy when great stuff is happening you know what i mean yeah i get that but that that's gonna be changing i think with their north american expansion like they're making yes, some big moves absolutely yeah so they sold out in like 10 minutes i mean it, they're they're the second biggest company in the world no doubt about it and i just i wish they would just embrace it more just you know have a whole website just based on english not just i have to click english or japanese and you still see part of it in japanese and kind of confusing like just whole english u.s base this is this is new japan you know what I mean? right it'll yeah the the website will say like all all fights or all you know it won't say like these are the matches it'll say like full contest or something like it'll be like some yeah. weird you know like you gotta like decipher it within the translations as to what you're so i, I get that but i do want to mention you know i read a whole thing about uh you know Mark Cuban owns Access TV where they're yep. airing and apparently he's really behind New Japan right now. Yep. Um that could be massive. Yep. I would love to have them do live events, you know. Um you know anything in the states put it on that, you know, or something. I don't know. But I I I think that they have great potential and I think that it it helps Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor also is you know benefit like new japan benefits from it as well because it's able to get their stars in america and vice versa you know so they, they've done some nice marketing some some good things to, to help their product a lot for sure for sure cool well uh jump it into the role back, back to the rumble i'm like i'm super interested to hear your your thoughts on a lot of the show man um as far as the opener we had a cruiserweight six-man match between a bunch of guys that I guess are still employed by the WWE. I, I haven't I haven't watched 205 Live and I couldn't tell you how long. And yeah, and it and it's so sad because I like everybody involved in the division, yeah. but but I like I'm a big Cedric Alexander fan. I like him a lot. Um I like, you know, TJ Perkins, I like um Zawa, like I don't even know who's still around or not. Um but like there's a lot of great wrestlers. I just hate that they're pigeonholed, man. Like when you become a cruiserweight, like it's just that's it. You're not. You're never gonna be in the main event. You're never gonna have a big spot. Like they put you in that, and that's it. And that, that's it, it. Should be like the X division in TNA, where like if you get over enough, then you go to the main event. Like AJ, Joe, Daniels, all of them. Yeah, dude. I I I agree. Like <laughs> it's it's just it's just funny because like you know we saw this happen in WCW, like this literally the same exact thing where yep. they pigeonholed all the small guys. And this is exactly what happened. Um, and then I, I think the <laughs> difference though is, is that WCW, like they didn't have a lot of great wrestlers. Like very that, few. That's so true. Storyline based. So like when you got a cruiserweight match, you appreciated it. Cause it was like, and it was something that was like innovative and stuff you've never seen. So, like, when they busted out some moves, it was like, oh, my God, wow. 
you know? And right. then you would get a Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger match. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, this is fine because it's about storyline. It wasn't about a match. Right. So. It was about how many run-ins before Luger put someone in a torture rack. And, right. Yeah. Joining the NWO or, you know, <laughs> what happened. Like, it, it, it was just about that. Yeah. It wasn't about matches. Who's in charge of the NWO B-Squad? Right. Um, but... <laughs> who's in the limo dude that that's 90s wrestling in a nutshell dude who's yeah. in the limo um <laughs> um but yeah like it's just it's funny because like you, you know the, the big issue i think with the cruiserweight division in 205 live in general is there's no difference between what they do and what a guy like seth rollins or finn balor or any like all these guys do this all now anyways like it's they're just smaller guys doing a lot of the same moves so it just doesn't really make any sense for it to be any different yeah so, whatever. Anyway, do you have any thoughts on this match? Before? No, I didn't watch it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> we, just talk, we just talked that much about this. You didn't even watch the match? All right, I well. <laughs> like I said, I, I didn't make any pre-show stuff. I just I watched the actual pay-per-view. Okay, well, the next match was the Revival uh, defeating Giles and Anderson in, like, nine minutes. Uh, it's, it's what you would expect. And then we had uh, Bobby Roode defeating. Well, so it was a big mystery opponent, you know, to come uh, out. Who's gonna fight Bobby Roode for the uh, the U.S. Championship? And the big surprise is uh, is Mojo Raleigh with possibly the worst ring entrance music and mannerisms of of anyone on the show. I don't I don't know what the fuck they're thinking when they. That's a, that's another guy that had no business getting the call up. Uh, yeah, I almost brought him up when we were talking about Apollo because it's like it's the same. You're right. It's the same kind of thing. And they're just trying to make it work with him, and they're they got the rub from Gronk and the whole deal, and that yeah. you know I'm not saying he's a bad athlete or he doesn't show promise, but like he he doesn't do anything for me at the same time. So just is what he, it is. He's got to find a character better than being hyped. Like, <laughs> right. That's that's not gonna work. Like it, it has to be, and it's it, with his size. Like I mean, you got to think about like like. Um, uh, DJ Z or whatever from TNA like had almost the same type of gimmick and he's like six you know not even six foot so it, it doesn't make sense for his size to be just like I'm hard you know right I'm hard, you know? it's <laughs> terrible it's terrible it's terrible like imagine if Braun, Braun Strowman just like started hitting the club and, like it, it it's, it's bad, bad. Um, uh, do you remember remember Abyssomania Gave him his Hall of Fame ring, and it made him get Hulk Hogan's powers. And God, he... I remember I was like listening to an interview Hogan said, and he was just like, like "Brother, I found the next John Cena." Oh, this guy over here looks like Kane and Mankind. Oh my god! Oh no! I I might have. What what was it? He posted like, I need to get in that ring and throw all the women over the rope, brother. Oh and my I, god! And I was just like, dude, the social justice warriors are gonna kill you. I mean, you've already pissed off black people. Now you're going after women. Like, oh, shut up! I know. Like you're almost there. You're almost back in the WWE. Like, don't talk. I, th- I think he didn't get that call for Raw 25 and said, fuck it. Yeah, right? <laughs> is still on the table, brother. Dude, yeah, this, the, uh, the Silver Dome, make, it, make, his, make his return. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, botch that again. I just wanted to be back, you know, for documentaries' sake, for, you know, figure deals, for mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, you know, like, meet and greets, all like, dude, shut up, don't blow this. I know, it's because at the end of the day, you know, it's still, it's still the Hulkster, I mean, it's still, yeah. it's still our guy, man, that's, yeah. yeah. God, he just, he can't get out of his own way. No. Uh, all right, well, I'm, I'm I'm really trying to stop laughing. I'm still laughing about all this stupid abyss shit and all that. Oh, God, that was so bad. Because, I, dude, I remember, and this is off topic, but, like, I was a massive TNA fan, dude. Like, I was yeah. I was downloading all of their weekly pay-per-views and, like, yeah. the whole deal. I was, like, so on your guys' bandwagon when you guys were, like, getting shit on from all the WWE marks at the time and all that. And, like, I was so about it. And then, like, when they started doing that kind of shit, I was like, oh, no, this is it. You know what's interesting to me, though, is, like, like look at Matt Hardy's character, for example. Like, the, the shit's dead in the water. Right. right? <laughs> it's over, right? It's so bad. Like, they fucked it so hard. They yeah. really, like, got that thing over. Right. And they gave it the time. They gave they gave it the freedom. They gave all these... this this video packages and the effort into it and like i understand now why tna didn't want to give him that gimmick because that is a huge part of what they did you know right and so and, and like in my opinion bobby Roode, his best stuff is in tna you want to find bobby Roode's best stuff is in tna you want to find christian cage's best stuff is in tna like there's a lot of guys like that. You, you can honestly say, in my opinion, Jeff Hardy's singles, as a single wrestler, is best stuff in TNA. So, um, Aside from the Sting match, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> did, he, did he even show up that night? I don't think he even knows. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, but, you know, he had a lot of good matches in TNA. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I don't think TNA gets enough credit in a sense of how well they did help some guys and how well some guys like really delivered uh for them like like i think rhino's best stuff has been in tna like i i just think a lot of guys best stuff was in tna and and and, like ec3 i mean that guy got over in tna and the reason he got a new contract with the wwe is because of tna and he's coming in as ec3 which i think is fantastic so um yeah, you know, people want to crap on TNA and it's a shell of a shell of a shell of itself. Uh, I don't even consider it really TNA anymore. Like I, like I said, I, I, I view TNA dead when AJ left. When AJ left, TNA died. And uh, right. that's the way I feel. I'm with you, man. That's, uh, it's just, it's just wild. It's wild that it's actually been as long as it has since, like, the early, because, I, mean, I mean, TNA's been and around since, like, 2002. Jeremy Borash has left TNA. Right. Okay? TNA yeah. Is yeah. Like when he <laughs> no, when he's out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a lot I could talk about TNA, but we'll we'll just move on for now. But like. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm with you, man. Um. What were we, oh yeah okay so the, the actual pay per view started with Styles uh, retaining his WWE Championship against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, I mean, this was a pretty good match. It was like yeah, 16 minutes it was long. Bad. That guy, man, so much respect for him. Like, he's, 
I just hope, I really hope he can go for like two more years because then I feel like if he can go for two more years, he really solidifies himself as one of the all-time greats in the WWE and not just as like just a wrestler. You know what I mean? Dude, yeah, I was, I was telling somebody actually just the other day, um, if he can some now, I know he's, he's up there in age, but he's, he looks healthy. I mean, like he's still doing all most of his stuff. He's working full time injury free from, for the most part, at least from what I know. Um, if he can somehow go another 10, I know that's super unrealistic, but if he can somehow, he's best of, he's best of all time. There's, if if he has that much time in the WWE system, no one's going to be able to even sniff that dude's level of of success. I don't think. Yeah. And then what makes him great too, is every company he went to, he was the top guy. Right. I mean, like that's hard to do sometimes. And, uh, I mean, TNA, top guy, New Japan, top guy, uh, Ring of Honor, top guy. WWE, top guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, incredibly impressive, man. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens a lot, too. Um, you know, I so I... I like I, this gimmick, though. It's, it's interesting because, like, I mean, this is going to boil down to my personal preference on this, but, like... To me, Kevin Owens is a is a top heel always. Like if if or, or should be. I'm not saying he t- he's always booked that way, but like I think the way that he was used in NXT was my favorite. That they've the way they've ever, ever used anybody in NXT up to this point. Like I I loved him being that bully heel champion who just literally didn't care about anyone but himself and just screwed everyone out that he could, but kept winning matches by like brutal fashion. Like I. I really like that, um, yeah. and I really like Sami Zayn doing this heel stuff because I think he's really good at being annoying, but not being yeah. so annoying that I don't want to watch the TV anymore. Um, yeah. So I like I like the pairing, but I don't unless it's going to lead to some sort of tag team thing, which is what I I honestly don't really want that because I want to see both these guys as singles wrestlers. So yeah. it, it's weird because it keeps them in a top spot, which I like, but. It, well, I, I will say though, the biggest benefactor of all of this is Sami Zayn being being elevated into this mix with these guys because he was really just like under to mid card guy before this. So yeah, kind of dying a slow death. Right. So I think that Sami Zayn's benefiting a lot, and I'll even go as far as to say that I think Sami Zayn comes off as the stronger of the two between him and Owens as a team right now for how the story is being played out, um, yeah. which is the opposite of how it looks since both guys have been in the company. They've always positioned Owens as like the much stronger of the two. So I think it's been interesting. My biggest concern with Owens is I feel like he's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. And yes, he's still like, you know, on the main event and like that. But like, I, I honestly, I just expected more for him. I, you know, like when he, especially when he debuted and beat Cena and like came in, came in, but like, honestly, some of it's on Owens too. Like, He's had matches with AJ that that I don't even think are that that good, and like they should be way better than that. And like there's there's times where he just he hasn't delivered like I thought he would. So it's been kind of disappointing for me with Owens. Um, and I mean, God, him and Sammy are always gonna be together. I get that. Like they just they they basically they come up to the company. It's almost like Edge and Christian in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But man. At some point, like, I want to see what they can do, like, without each other, like, not involved at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, they did it for a little bit, but 
Dolphins jumping the gun, and then next week they're facing each other again, and you're just like, God, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm expecting the uh, the finger point of finger poke of doom 2.0 in that one. I think it's just right. gonna. I think it's just gonna be some super disappointing <clears throat> swerve of some kind. Maybe I don't know. I'm okay with that though. It, it, it makes Sammy take the fall, and then still kind of look like the. The, the bitch in the group, and, and <laughs> right. Kevin gets the title shot, and all that, but maybe tease tension and something, I don't know, but yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Well, as far as AJ goes, like, I don't think I have to I say it any more than I already have, but I I still think he's the best in any company out there. I think he's just the, the top guy right now in the whole world of pro wrestling. Like, even yeah. with... In that, and I think it really speaks a lot to how good he is. I know we talked on Twitter a little bit about it when... I think you had asked uh, who who would people rather see wrestle and where, and I think it was like you had what Omega. Remember the question because I know AJ Styles was in there. It was it was would you rather have Omega and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom or would you rather have Omega and AJ at WrestleMania? <clears throat> right, and my thing was like I'd take the Wrestle Kingdom with Ibushi and Omega because of the limitation issues with WWE, and and that was. And but that's just to my point though with how good AJ is is like even with those limitations he's still I still consider him to be the best like yeah. you know so and and you know that's not to say that like you know AJ Styles I think AJ Styles' match with Brock Lesnar was really really entertaining I, yeah. I I thought that was great I think he's had really great matches with Roman Reigns he's had great Absolutely. yeah I thought, I thought his matches with uh, Roman Reigns and his match with Dean Ambrose from TLC mm-hmm. that was really good. Yeah. So, and that's and it's great to see people are are noticing now because it's stuff that we've been saying for for a very long time and. Yeah. Dude, I used to get such pleasure out of watching you guys. Like, what y'all used to do is so funny because it seems so primitive now because like it was only like ten years ago or whatever it was. But like yeah. y'all would like print out or like or like handwrite like 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 comments people would make and then just like address them on yeah. on YouTube and I mean I'm not gonna name any names because I, I remember some of these guys and still kind of follow a few of them that that are still out there but like you guys were brutal and I thought it was hilarious because you just, you just call them out <laughs> it's funny yeah. stuff. No, I mean, you know, <laughs>
I think that's what frustrated people so much. It's yeah. the fact that, like, we, we lived that life, and you couldn't, you couldn't do anything about it. Right, because you were, you were lifelong legitimate fans of the product that you were now bashing. Like, because, right. you know, because it's like, look, this, we're not doing this because we, we've, we hate the WWE and we want to see the WWE go away, but, like, there's this other stuff going on that people need to know about. But then in, in the defense, God, it was, it was just so funny. I remember a video you guys did. I think you did, it was something along, along the lines of like, if Vincent Mann is such a genius and it was just y'all just going back and forth of just like everything Vincent Mann has done wrong over like the last handful. And like, I could probably watch that video right now and it's probably like the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Anyway, I'll dude. Trip down memory lane, though, man. And, you know, someone out there was watching those videos, man. I, I promise you. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, anyway, man. Uh, next up at the Royal Rumble, we had the Usos uh, defeating Gable and Benjamin, two out of three falls match, but it only took two falls, uh, about fourteen minutes. Uh, Usos retain. If I forgot to mention that, I, you know, this it, it was what it was. You know, I, I think the Usos are. Uh, they they got a really really good promo on SmackDown earlier tonight. Um, they're doing really great work, I think. I, I mean, the Usos. I can't really say anything bad about them. They're a great tag team, in my opinion. And then you got Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, where it's like, I just don't. That's another group that I think got called up too soon. And um, Shelton just being added in the mix. I mean, to me, he it, it was never in the cards. It was just like a quick filler, like guy to be a partner with you know what i mean so. yeah yeah and it shows like as far as like i mean they're they're good enough in the ring the two of them i mean they do some some cool moves like i, I like how they use that finisher of it's like a power bomb but it's like what the uh like the steiner brothers used to do with like the bulldog just like you know a little modified you know, I, yeah. you know, I like I like that kind of stuff, but they just they just do not seem to be clicking with the crowd. They, their recent heel turn will maybe help them out, but um, I see money in Gable. I think the guys the guys great, especially with how uh, recently they've they've gone with like smaller talent and been pushing guys that that aren't these monsters. Like Gable has an actual shot, I think, to be a star. Um, but that's just my opinion. What did you think about this match, Doug? Uh, it was a good match. Is he going to get stuck in that dreaded, you know, too small category? You know what I mean? Like 205 live or something, yeah, you know, like it, it, to me, like what worries me is, is like one guy went on a singles route, but they don't view this guy can do it. And they bring you to Shelton Benjamin. Like, what do they think of him? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I never thought about it like that, but that's a good point. <laughs> so like, that's what kind of worries me is if they were to break up and he goes singles route, like, how much faith do they have in him? Right. You know, it's tough, though, because look how many people are on the roster. There's only so many spots. And I, I thought it was funny when Triple H was trying to justify, like, people not getting pushed. Like, there's nothing wrong with not being pushed and just making a living and, and going into the Hall of Fame after, you know, a 10-year career. And it's like, dude, you would have never accepted that if that was you. Right. So why do you expect all these other wrestlers to do the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll move on from that one. There really wasn't much to say about it. Um yeah. and it and it ended pretty quickly. I mean, just two of the falls, so it just was what it was. Um but up yeah. next we had the men's Royal Rumble match, which was 
<clears throat> excuse me, to me it was surprising that this match didn't end the show, but of course, you know, being a big fan of MMA that's, and that, that's <laughs> right. One thing about the Ronda thing was, I thought, you know, as much as they tried to keep this thing a secret, I thought they did a horrible job. Like, yeah. It was, it was obvious as soon as they announced that the women were main eventing exactly who, who was coming. Yeah. And, and then, like, Rhonda hadn't used her social media, like, like almost a whole month. And then, like, she all of a sudden just starts, like, posting pictures of her being in this place, like, three days out before the mania. Like, pictures of her in another country. Like, come on, dude. It's so obvious what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lazy Savage is in the freaking Philadelphia. Like, dude, that is her homie. That is, that is her friend. And her photographer like come on and then the chick that covers her on espn you know the the feminist lady power all that crap mm -hmm. she was the front row like hello like dead giveaways but whatever right yeah we're, we'll talk more about Rhonda for sure uh before we get out of here but mm -hmm. I, I i agree with you 100 percent on all of that um i don't know if you caught the mma hour this past monday but i'm really i i i really agree with like a lot of what Ariel Hawani and like Dave Melch and those guys were saying about, about, uh, Rana's debut and how it was like, cause I thought it was done really, uh, poorly and I'll, I'll talk, and I'll talk about that right at the end. But, um, as far as, as far as the, uh, as far as the men's Royal Rumble match went, um, my prediction on the record was Shinsuke Nakamura. So I was really okay. pleasantly surprised about that one. Um, and I thought, I thought it was either be Roman or Shinsuke. I wasn't sure. I thought Shinsuke was really almost like uh, wishful thinking. Like, yeah. That's probably not going to happen and whatever. So I didn't take it too seriously, but uh, I think it's a great way to set up him and AJ because, like, what what's, what what is Shinsuke going to do? Like, jump AJ in the parking lot to set up Mania? You know what I mean? Like, right. It's not going to, to be like that, so... A, a tournament of some kind or something made sense. Like, so yeah, the Royal Rumble, him winning it, it's great. Uh, I was all for it. Yeah, and it's, it's, like you said, you can't really have him jump him and then, like, cut a promo that nobody understands to set up a match. You know, like, the, you can't... Although, I will say Shinsuke's English has, has gotten better. Like, I can understand yeah. his promos a lot more than when he debuted in NXT. But still, I really catch myself... Well, you know what? It might not be a bad thing. It's almost like the... Almost like the Jake Roberts, like, talk in a low voice promo thing where, like, I have to pay attention and listen really closely because, yeah. you know, I, I didn't even think about that until just now. So, hey, maybe maybe well, it's working perfect. tone to it, too, where it's almost kind of, like, creepy and intimidating. So, like, it works. I'm yeah. Not too, uh, bothered by it. And, like, it's definitely whatever he says you listen to. So, and I don't think it would work, like, with a bunch of Japan guys. Like, I just think it works for him. Right. I'm with you. And especially if he doesn't have his mouth guard in. Like, I hate when yeah. guys try to cut promos with mouthpieces and you can't understand it. But anyway, um, as far as this match went, um, just some notable stuff. You know, we had at number seven, Cien Almas debuts. What did you think about yeah. him uh, coming up in the Rumble? I think it's just a one-time deal, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine so, yeah. Funny. Um, 
I thought it was. I expected Lashley. I thought Lashley would show up, but that didn't happen. Um, I thought Rey Mysterio was dope, and I thought some of the cool, like I thought the co- the Coffee Kingston thing was funny. Um, I thought I, what I did love, what I loved though, is that the final guys like they didn't suck, so you weren't like already defeated. Right. Like that happens in Rumble sometimes when like it's down to three and they all suck, and so no matter what, you're done. Like this had a guy that he wanted, and he was there the whole time. And then it came down to him and Roman, which is perfect. Because then it's like the complete opposite of what you want, right? Right. And could still possibly win. You could totally see it happening. Uh, so I thought that was their role. I, I thought it was really cool how they did the, the old generation versus the new generation. Like the three-on-three thing. That was dope. With, with uh, Ray and uh, Randy and Cena versus like Nakamura and... I don't remember the other two. But yeah, Nakamura, cool. Balor, and Reigns. Yeah, 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 so that was really cool. Like, I liked how they did that. So it was just a really well done Royal Rumble. I was really happy with it. And whenever, you know, your guy wins, it, it just really tops it off, and you're super stoked. So it was yeah, great. It was great. And we also want to mention Adam Cole, that he got a huge reaction from the yeah, crowd. So. Yeah, Adam Cole. And, like, I was wondering to myself, did he get the call? Because he just lost twice, so it make it would make kind of sense. But uh, I think he's still in the next so. Yeah, well, I think once again, I think it's something that you brought up on my show before. Where, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if this was you or not, but I think it was that mentioned before that you'd like to see undisputed era, like an NWO style faction that attacks yeah. everyone on every roster. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that showed like it might be a possibility. I mean, because Vince had to have been happy with that reaction Adam Cole got on his first yeah. night with like the main roster. So yeah, yeah, all good stuff, man. I was really happy with that, and and I was happy with Nakamura winning. It wouldn't have killed me if Reigns won because, like I said, I'm a fan of his, and you know, I, I really think we're getting him and Lesnar at WrestleMania regardless. So right. you know, it didn't really matter if he won or not. So it was really good to see Nakamura get this one. And I think he needed it the most of anyone too because. He, him along with the rest of the roster, really hurt when Jinder was the champion. Like anyone who had to deal with losing yeah, to him. That's another thing too. Is just like how much a breath of a fresh, like the fresh air that we're going through right now, where like you're happy with both champions for the most part, and you're happy that the champion is going to be facing another good wrestler. Like, why would you make us go through that Jinder Mahal title right? There was nothing good that came out of it, and like you hurt show so bad it makes no sense yeah i i've like i've not been uh not been kind to jinder mahal and his title reign on this show i really like it 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 had me tuning out of smackdown like i mean just straight up not watching it because i mean it was that bad so like what is there to look forward to you know you're not gonna have a good match right and you know that like whatever you're what he's doing you're not gonna be invested in so it just made zero sense. Well, like, he did, now that AJ's the champ, I mean, you're going to catch every pay-per-view. There's yeah. No way you're not. You're going to catch every segment that you can. Like, it, you're more invested. Like, it, it, it makes no sense to put in a guy like Jinder. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm i so – like, yeah. I, I mean, I'll get off gender, but I that was that was just the worst. I Just what? terrible. Terrible. Um. 
up next on the Royal Rumble because we still had more matches, which was which is crazy. It was a crazy thing, like you said, like the Rumble's over, but we still had like half of the pay per view left. So, yeah. <clears throat> so as fans from our couches, you know, we can kind of reset, you know, do whatever you do, grab a beer, whatever it is. But like the live crowd, I guess they have the same option. But when they do that, there's no noise in the arena, and. Then and it sounded like this crowd was dead for this tag team match coming off of the yes. Raw Rumble, um, and you know Cesaro and Sheamus they're they're becoming a really good tag team together. You know I don't yeah. really have a yeah the bar I, I don't have anything bad to say about them. And Rollins and Jordan I understand you know what the storyline there is. So what maybe I hadn't really thought that far out about it, but I guess. I guess it could. Yeah, because Ambrose is definitely going to be out for WrestleMania. So in in Raw or no, Roman's going to be involved with with Brock. You'd imagine. So this very well could be a singles match. And you know this this will probably wind up being a really good match. I think Jason Jordan. That's what I think too. Yeah. I honestly think this is one of those matches that they're going to have, and it's going to be a sleeper. Like nobody's going to think much of it. I think it'll be really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm at least hoping for that. Jason Jordan really needs that. And, uh, by the way, Seth Rollins' tights was, were awful. Harlem, Harlem Heat gear, dog. Oh, and it looked like it, too. It looked like, it didn't even look like crazy detailed. It looked like 1980s crap, you know? Like, Dude, it looked like the lame shit that Kane has on his singlet, but yeah. with Harlem Heat, like, yellow built into it. Like, that's, yeah. another, that's another thing that I always, I said for years about Kane. I'm like... They have progressively managed to make Kane look lamer and lamer every time that I see him. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they've done it. I mean, I know he's been around forever, but do they not see, like, how over he was in the 90s? I know you can't you can't keep that kind of momentum for 20 years or whatever, but, like, like they have a WWE network. They're constantly showing, you know, old clips and stuff. When Kane was over, like, his mask was way more badass than what he wears now. His gear was yeah. way more badass. His whole presentation, he had pyro, which is, if you're not going to have pyro, don't have the character. His whole character is built around fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so, anyway. Uh, I mean, he's past his prime. He's old. Like, I don't understand why Kane's still on TV. And damn sure don't understand why he's in title matches. Like, that's... Nonsense. No, and that's the perfect segue. I mean, the next match was Kane challenging for the Universal Championship. Uh, him and Braun Strowman. I forgot to mention in the last match, for those who may have missed the show, somehow Cesaro and Sheamus uh, won the titles for a fourth time over Rollins and Jordan. But, wow. yeah, but uh, yeah, Lesnar defended his title against Strowman and Kane. And he retained, of course. I, I don't think anyone... Well, I can't say that nobody saw that coming or everybody saw it coming, rather, because I know there's a lot of big Strowman fans out there. Um, I'd like to hear your opinion on Strowman, though, because I think he was super exposed in his one-on-one match with Brock at, at No Mercy. Um, and the reason I'm laughing is when he did that, like, jump, uh, jumping drop kick, like, sprint. <laughs> <laughs> He just doesn't care. Oh. Like he just goes for it. And then he stiffs Brock. <laughs> so bad back. He, like, rocks it. I, I don't know. Did you... One thing I think is very cool is just to see Brock just get manhandled and thrown around. Like, tank bumps, dude. Like, you're going to get slammed up against the 
And he'll and, and Brock will do it, you know. But I'm just it, it's impressive to see somebody just like pick Brock up and power slam him and all that stuff. So yeah. I give Strowman credit of being like this huge monster, and I think he's booked pretty damn well. From um, a character standpoint, for sure, like the monster I, character, yeah. I'm a little blown away though by like how over he is getting. Like he 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 really does get a reaction, and he's getting over. Um, and then I think to myself, like, y'all hate Roman, but love this guy. Like, I, I, that, <laughs> right. that, that's the type of stuff that just blows me away. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm I got... don't mind him, though. Like, I don't know. I, I, he kind of reminds me, you know, like, back in the day in, like, ECW, like, Mike Awesome is not very good. But, like, when he faced Masato Tanaka and guys like that, like, he looked amazing. Dude, that's a and, great analogy. And, yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, what Braun is, like, that if he's booked right and he, he doesn't have to have these, like, you know, crazy, like, technical matches or anything, like, he'll be fine. But, like, and even these big men, like, like I feel like they kind of took the page out of the Goldberg-Brock, you know, match type thing. It's just power moves everywhere and, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, I'm not expecting some amazing technical match from from Braun. My biggest thing when I when I when I look at a champion is I want to have a guy that you are excited to see him in a match. Like that's all I ask. If the match is whatever the match you set up or whatever, just make me want to see that pay per view. That's all I ask. If if he's not good enough for that, then he shouldn't be champion. That's such a basic concept but so important and not always what we get, which is pretty Like, in my opinion, Tyron Woodley would not be my champion because <laughs> he can't have an exciting fight. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that guy, man, like, he, I don't know what, maybe I'm missing something, but, um, and this will be a sidebar because I know we got to stick on the Royal Rumble, but, like, <laughs> but I don't understand what the appeal with Tyron Woodley is amongst all these fans that love his, like, analytical commentary and love hearing him in interviews. I think he just sounds ignorant, dude. Like, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not saying he's a bad fighter. Like, he's obviously come up with, it's, it's, I don't want to compare it to Chuck Liddell because Chuck Liddell is knocking everyone out when he was the champion. But, like, it's that game plan of, like, just neutralizing the other dude's strengths, you know, but he's not finishing people in the process. So it's like, What's Super boring. Is, is he's capable of doing it though, and he won't. Right. That, that's what drives you crazy. Right. It's like the guy will not pull the trigger, and then on top of that, he will defend his masterful performance by not fighting. Right. right. And you're like, what are you talking about? And then he'll be basically call you a Neanderthal and say all you care about is blood and guts and all this like no I care about you trying to throw a meaningful punch that's what I care about right and then calls out Nate Diaz because he's the number one contender <laughs> right right and he, he's like trying to come up with every excuse so he doesn't have to fight RDA yeah no RDA um have not really heard him calling out GSP um I mean he would love to fight GSP well he would for the money for sure but GSP is GSP basically took a retirement fight with Bisping unless Conor McGregor can make 170 and fight him. Otherwise, yeah. he's not coming back, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't want to forget to mention, you know, we talked about 
Strowman uh, stiffing Brock. That was my highlight of this match for sure. Was uh was Strowman with the knee, and then Lesnar with the immediate receipt. And and you and and you they muted it, but like you know, I don't know if you heard this or not, but <clears throat> when <clears throat> when Strowman hits Brock with that knee, Brock stands up and yells slow the fuck down and then punches him in the head <laughs> and to 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 stro- I, I even tweeted this at Justin Labar who was the reporter who who I saw with like the quote I I said uh you know I do give Str- I give Strowman credit for staying awake because Lesnar legitimately punched him in the head but Lesnar was only going at like 40 50% on that so like you know, but even that with Brock Lesnar's hand is a potential knockout. So <laughs> that was that was a, that was that was fun to watch. <laughs> Good stuff. They should have chanted. The crowd should have chanted. You still got it. <laughs> UFC. UFC. Right. Oh man, they'd all be saying Lesnar fights UFC. But anyway, um, anyway, you got anything else to say about the uh, the title match or Brock Lesnar's uh, title reign or anything going forward before we get into the uh, Women's Royal Rumble? No, not really. It's, it is what it is. Hopefully it ends soon. Well, uh, and I think that everybody got whatever uh, poll question they had if they were doing any kind of pick-em contest. Uh, Kane took the pinfall on that one. Big surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's to answer your question, by the way, Doug, of why is Kane in the main event still? That That's it right there. Neither one will go. Yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> All right, man, main event time. We had Asuka winning the first-ever Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, my pick in this match, unfortunately, was Ronda Rousey because I really thought she was going to debut in the Royal Rumble because I was yeah, that too. confident she was going to be there. Um, like, what's funny is, like, I, I don't like Ronda, okay? And, like, when she didn't debut at 30, I was so disappointed. It was like, this is BS. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, I know she's what are we doing? You yeah. Know? But, uh, yeah, it turned out whatever. But, yeah. yeah, it was, you know, I was I wrote something for, uh, I've been contributing some articles to the Daily DDT over at Fansided recently, and I wrote one today that hasn't been published, but it was all about how the WWE dropped the ball on this Ronda Rousey um, debut. And one of the first things I said was exactly that, that a lot of people assumed she was there and people wanted it. And number by number went by to the to the time where like number thirty is about to finally come out, and then Trish Stratus walks out, and Trish Stratus is one of the best female performers in WWE history. Like she absolutely deserves to have a special spot, a special place in this match. Like for history's sake, I got nothing wrong with Trish Stratus, but but that was that was Ronda Rousey's spot. Like that's that should have been Ronda Rousey, and and that was just the first mistake they made. In this yeah. whole thing, um, do you want to talk about the actual Rumble match at all before we just talk about Ronda? Uh, you know, cool surprises. I was really surprised that Lita was actually going to wrestle. Man, that was surprising. She um, almost killed herself with a moonsault. Lita was really sloppy. Too, she was. She did not look good. She did not look good. Yeah, I, I thought I was alone on that, but uh, I'm glad I'm not alone. We. I, I'm, I, you know, and I'm like you, man. Really gassed out. Like, yeah. Really tired. When she almost landed on her head on that moonsault, like that Which, was. I mean, but that happens a lot with her. And that, that's true. That's true. Don't break your neck because when you start to come back from injuries, like she would get hurt all the time. That's true. So. She's always cut it kind of close on that flip. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. That's true. I remember that. I was like, oh, me. Okay. <laughs> and then Sasha said, hold my beer right on Raw. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, love uh, it. Yeah, but at the same time, you would not expect the WWE to go with two reasons. Usually, they've had, like, I mean, now it's changed because they have a handful of them. But, you know, historically, we always had, like, the Kenzo Suzuki type dude, you know? It is what it is. Well, shit. So the match happens, and I, I all agree. I think that I thought the match was really good, like for what it was. I mean, it, I will absolutely take heed for saying this, but it's just the truth. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny watching some of the women try to get over the top rope. Like you, you could, you could tell. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know, because like, like I mean, it's just one of those things where like when you have to jump. I mean, it's a clear jump. You know, like you're you're trying to exit the ring over the top. I, I, they hit it pretty well with a lot of the eliminations where they had people actually pushing their legs over the top, which, yeah. you know, I was great with that. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna say it like someone needs to get in there and teach these la- these ladies how to kick people in the gut and stuff. Like it looks so it looks so bad. Oh, and well, and that wasn't even what I was referring to. I know exactly what you're talking about, but like yeah. that, but it happens the whole the whole time. Like, yeah. I'm also gonna say this, and I've gotten so much hate over this. I'm just gonna say it again because I've got you on my show, and you're a heat magnet. Yeah. Fucking Sarah Logan, what the f- who? Like, what's so great? Why are I see all these Sarah Logan fans out there, and she has to have the worst finishing move I've ever seen in my life. She she does a cartwheel onto some onto her knees. You know, you know who really gets on my nerves is Nia Jax. She is your perfect like social justice warrior, always the victim, like but yeah. yet complains about everything. And like the fact that she like went on Twitter to complain about Rhonda, I'm just like shut up. Right. Like first of all, you're in the company because you're the Rock's cousin. Okay, and. I'm not even bashing her on her size because I, I just know that I've seen better and it's called Awesome Kong. Like, it, she is, she thinks that she's supposed to have everything handed to her and I do not think she's that great at all. So, she gets on my nerves. She's, um, she's another one like Apollo and in, in Mojo that got called up way, way green also. Way too soon. And like, I think it's funny. I don't know if you watch Total Divas or not. No, not at all. Not at all. Alexa Bliss are like best friends. And it makes sense because it's like that's the type that she would have. Like somebody that's real small and tiny and petite. And like she can be the one like telling them what to do and stuff. Like I don't know. I just don't like Nia. Yeah. 
I mean, and yeah, there's a lot I can say about a lot of the women on the roster, like that is just gonna piss people off that hear this. So I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just gonna piss, it's gonna piss people off that even said it. So I might as well just keep going. I mean, like, my biggest thing though, like with the women, is it's like I never truly gained respect for them as wrestlers until NXT. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm with you. And my, my thing, God, I feel like such a dick saying it, but I'm just gonna say it. Like there. It's different in MMA than in wrestling, in my opinion, right now, because in MMA, the level of competition amongst the women, while it still isn't quite at the men's level, it's it's almost always a, a pretty damn even matchup between the women with similar and high-level skill sets. And in pro wrestling, I hear a lot of people give praise to some women's matches that were, in my opinion just average men's matches but are but are but are constantly being praised like they're these these great things like they should be main eventing that like i'm not saying that women shouldn't main event i think that like uh bailey and sasha had main event worthy matches in nxt um so, so i mean like far none of the best women matches i've ever seen in my life like, yeah far like i was convinced that sasha Banks was the greatest woman wrestler i'd ever seen in my life like i couldn't believe some of the matches she was having yeah, and then you have Oscar, and you have Charlotte Flair, and all that. Like, it's pretty solid. It's the best. It's the best women wrestling has ever been, right? But yeah. out of those thirty women, and you take away the legends or whatever, I mean, you maybe have five or six that can really go. Dude, hey, let's just do this, man. This is gonna be. I'm gonna. Everyone that's stop listening to my show after this one. Okay, we're just gonna go down this. You you tell me if they're if they're good or if they suck. All right, we're just gonna go right yeah, down one one through thirty. I'm gonna do this with you. Sasha Banks, I'll go, I'll, she's good. Sasha Banks is good. Yeah. All right, Becky Lynch, good. Yeah. Sarah Logan sucks. Yes. Mandy Rose sucks, but yes. she's hot. But she's really yes. hot. Um, yes. Lita looked awful. Yes. Tyree Sane has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamina sucks. Yes, by far. Uh, Dana Brooke sucks. Yep. Tori Wilson, it, it just was what it was. I, I was surprised Tori Wilson Tori agreed Wilson to it. Hot. Yeah, but she sucks. But I'm, but I, w- I was surprised she even agreed to show up given her yeah. her status. So, um, but she sucks. Yeah. Um, yes. Sonya Deville. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say this. Maybe doesn't suck, but sucks hard in comparison to Ronda Rousey and Shanna Baszler, who is the, what's the gimmick that she portrays. So, yes. um, so sucks. Um, yes. Liv Morgan sucks, but really hot. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Molly Holly still better than a lot of the women probably that are on the current uh, roster. Uh, Molly always been solid. Always been yeah. solid. Lana sucks probably worse than everyone on this list. Awesome. Yep, super hot, but she sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my, I do give Lana credit in the fact that she can get a reaction, and she and it's not just because she's hot. She's she's you know did the Rusev uh, day, the Rusev voice. Like she can she can give a little bit more than just being a pretty face. Right. Okay. I'll give you that. But her, her, her is trash. Right. Because they, they, they tried to use her as like a high level women's wrestler, or at least were trending that direction and pulled the plug pretty quick on that. Yeah. Um, Michelle McCool. She actually looks pretty good still. Yeah. I'll, thumbs up. Michelle McCool. Yeah. Under, Undertaker chance. You deserved yeah. it. Um, Ruby Riot. Okay. I, I'm going to say this. I'm indifferent to Ruby Riot because she's, I, I, everyone I talked to who saw her before the WWE, before NXT, has said nothing but amazing things about Ruby Riot. The Riot Squad sucks. That's un- unquestionable. 
Her finishing move sucks. Most of her, the things I've seen her do suck. Her promo tonight on SmackDown sucked. So she looks like the stereotypical like people that hate uh, women's MMA. <laughs> that, that character, the yeah. way she looks, like that's what they all look like. Right. Uh-huh. Like before, like the Ronda Rouseys came around, like they thought they were all like that. Right. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a good analogy. Um, <laughs> next, we had Vicky Guerrero. Love Vicky. Um, I mean, Heat magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing but, heel annoyance, like unbelievably <laughs> annoying, but like and trash in the ring. Like, uh, and yep. I feel so bad when I trash Vicky because God, I love Eddie so much, but uh, I don't even know how how he did that. Like, why, why would you marry her? Anyways, uh, ahead, yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh my God, dude. So last, to make the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen McAllister. Oh my god. Oh god. And she had that neck brace and everything and the whole deal. Jesus Christ. Um That's too funny. Um next we had Carmella sucks. Yes. Um Jesus everyone on this list. Um This is the last episode of Fight Talk you're ever gonna hear, by the way. Um Fuck, okay. really get that much heat over... Like, no, no, not... Well, Well, here's the thing. A lot of the people that listen to my show are huge fans of women's wrestling because there's, like, a huge... um In, like, Nashville, Chattanooga, St. Louis area, Atlanta, um the women's wrestling scene has, like, really, really grown recently, and they have even, like, women's-only shows around here and stuff now. Oh, so, so, so a lot of my, I guess, audience, if you will, is... Is very much into women's wrestling. I'm I'm kind of like the outlier around here where I'm still like critiquing stuff that everyone else loves. So you're um, never gonna see me at a shiver, dude. Never. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever I'd ever do that either. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Natalia. Yeah. Hey, N- Natalia was next. Um, what yeah, do you think about her? She's good. She's good. She's, she she can have a good match and she's, she works hard and she blocked me on Twitter because I told her she's a terrible actress. But other than that, yeah, she's good. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, uh, Rampage Jackson blocked me after I uh, gave him a compliment. So you know that's, that's how that. I think I think sometimes they accidentally hit the wrong button, or like Jimmy Smith blocked me, and I have no idea why. Oh, dude, I saw him block somebody the, the other day too, who was like congratulating him on signing with the UFC, and like yeah, the... like he, he, he's. I totally respect Jimmy Smith. Like I think he's great, and he's a Cowboys fan. Like. Well, I'm, what would I say to piss him off? Like, uh, whatever. Right. It happens. Yeah, it's weird. Randy Couture did it too, but I actually did criticize Randy Couture. It was right after I gave Randy Couture shit for uh, for leaving the UFC for Viacom after they gave him, like, the commentary deal and, like, the Legends deal and all that stuff, and then, like, he bailed over to Viacom. Um, because I just wasn't a big... Another thing about Randy, like, he's an undercover dick. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't know that about him because they love him so much. <clears throat> he's kind of a dick. Yeah, so... Um, next on the list... Kate Kelly Kelly sucks. Really hot though. Really hot. Um, story about Kelly Kelly, right? So, uh, I went to the ECW house show, right? Yeah. And I was I was front row, okay. And poor girl's nineteen, right? right? I had no idea. But I I was really embracing. We were in ECW. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it wasn't at all. It was like in Huntsville, and it was back when they like resurrected ECW. Right. Like, CM Punk was there and stuff. Sure. Another, another dick. But anyways, um, she comes up, like, walking around, and she's doing her little flirty thing and, like, little, like, 
sexy lingerie or something. I don't it's true, expose was like her thing. Right, so yeah. she's walking around and she's like all flirting with guys, so she comes right up to me, dude. And I give her the double bird and I say, fuck you, bitch. And like, <laughs> she looked so scared. Oh my God. And like, backed off. Like, I mean, I was right in her face. Oh and God, like, dude. The security guard came up to me and he was like, dude, if you do that again, you're out of here. <laughs> Hey, but uh, but she sucks, right? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. yeah, terrible. Oh, that story's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know she expects all the guys to be drooling over her and all this <laughs> stuff. And like, I've always been the mindset, like, look, I didn't come here to see like a strip club. I came here to see wrestling. So if you can't offer anything in the ring, like, I really don't care about you. You can be sexy as hell. I I can care less. So don't do that flirtatious crap to me, because I I just. Man, I let her have it. <laughs> you went, you went straight up ECW on her. I you really went... <laughs> did. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> next up, we got Naomi. Uh, she's 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 athletic at the very least. I think Naomi's pretty good. To yeah. Be honest with you, and I think that she's got better. And I, I like her glow entrance and all. Like when I saw, I was when I was in Survivor Series, and I saw that thing live. Like it was pretty impressive. Like it was cool. Yeah, and yeah, so not a whole lot bad we can say about Naomi. I'm with you there. Um, aside from the uh, the kicks to the body, which is once again the the yeah, she can be a little sloppy. Like I mean, when I say good, I mean better than the women, but like we got a ways to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I'm with you. Um, next we had Jackie Moore, who I fucking love. I'm I'm like such an outlier. I've always loved Jackie Moore. Um, I was actually happy to see her in this match. I have nothing. I can't say anything bad about her. Um, yeah, because I, because, because, like, when I see her, I still think, like, Harlem Heat from WCW Manager. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, she's been around forever. Um, Nia Jax, we already got your opinion on her. Um, sucks. And I agree with you there. Um, still very green. Um, Ember Moon, I, I, I I like Ember. I think she's got a lot of promise. I think she's good. All right, Beth Phoenix. Overrated. Dude, Overrated, most but... undeserving Hall of Famer outside right. of the celebrity wing is Beth Phoenix. I just, I, I can't put her in completely in a sucks category. I just have, a, I can't believe she's in the Hall of Fame and all that. Like she's, but if I had to put sucks to good, I'll give her good. But she's not great by any means. I'm with you there, and that's to me seems like a favor to Edge, honestly, to put yeah. her in. And, um, she was like, she was honestly, she was right place, right time, in my opinion, because she was the only like buff woman in that time frame that she was on top. So she was kind of like that, like a pretty China, like blonde hair, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying she was gorgeous or anything, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit of a different look than what China was, but like strong. So, yeah, sure. Um, next we have the winner, Oscar. I I I got nothing bad to say about Oscar. I like what she does. Awesome. Um, Mickey James. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know if she. Uh, she's she's very very flat currently, at least as far as like. I mean, people definitely don't care that she's a part of the show. I don't think that she's great, but I can't 
can't put her in a sucks category. She's had moments, but I've never think she's had like great matches or anything. But I thought her and her Trish feud was like she really came across as a legit psycho, and that worked really well. So I put Mickey in good. Yeah, I'll never forget her licking her fingers during that match with Trish Stratus at WrestleMania. That to me was like, okay, this is insane. You're psycho. I liked it at the time. I was in high school. I was a big fan. Um, 27, Nikki Bella sucks, in my opinion. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give Nikki credit enough to where I think that she has improved, and I think that she's like... You know, she she was going in there with Oscar, and she didn't look completely out of place. So okay, I'm gonna teeter it good. I think Bree sucks, but yeah, I think Nikki's, Nikki's Nikki's getting up there with good. Okay, well, I definitely agree with you that Bree sucks. Um, Nikki, I I don't want to say she sucks or that she's great, but I don't I I I, I she's on the fence for me. She's definitely better than Bree, but not good. I don't think my uh, thing. It's part of like, <coughs> We're saying a lot of these women suck, and I, I would put Nikki ahead of a lot of them. Okay, so that's fair. That's where I'm kind of like, eh. Right. I can't say, like, she's really good or anything, but she's she's better than a lot of these women. Right. Um, we're almost done with this list. God, this Thank is... God. I know, this is this was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Number 29, we had Bailey, who, in NXT, ruled on the main right. roster sucks. And then Trish. You know what I think would be funny if, like, Bailey became, like, a, a hoe. Like, if she <laughs> yeah. became, like, a hoe. Because she's got the body for it. You know what I mean? She's got this big ass. And, all that. like, I think it would be a funny character. Yeah. Me too. I like that idea. And then Trish Stratus. Um, she still looked good. So. Yeah. Trish, Trish. Man, she's lost all her thickness, though, dude. She used to be thick. She did. I remember. She's really skinny. I... I this is this is gonna date myself. And then we're gonna talk Ronda Rousey, and we'll get out of here because I've taken like two hours of your time, man. Um, dude, yeah, Trish Stratus. That was. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I used to. This is so. It sounds so fucked up to say this on the air. I'm just gonna say it, but like, uh, well, I'll let people put two and two together. She, Trish Stratus was like early internet days for me yeah. and I had a color printer <laughs> yeah. and I used all that fucking ink on Trish Stratus and on Stacey Hebler and on Tori yeah. Wilson. I used to have to fold these. I'd have to hope that my parents weren't going to come to the computer room as these things were taking 10 minutes to print out yeah. using, using up, using up all the ink, hiding these right. things in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the classic. Well, anyway, uh, speaking and transitioning into, you know, more women's wrestling talk, respectable talk. Um, Ronda Rousey debuts. Um, (laughs) oh, God. Um, so my issue with this, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get your thoughts. Yeah, well. I guess to start, like I said, she wasn't in the Rumble match, which I think was was error number one. Um, uh-huh. um which I somewhat understand because she might be off. Yeah, well that's that's well that's what we have to that's what we have to assume based on her not being in the match. Like that if she just comes out and she just completely lays an egg and wins the whole thing, I mean that's a disaster. 
get it. Right. I get that too. Um <laughs> My big my biggest issue with this <laughs> is that like okay, so Ronda Rousey to me should be like the female Brock Lesnar. Yes. And she came out smiling and happy and awkward. And yeah, exactly. And this is a woman and Ariel Hawani said it on the MMA hour. So I don't want to sound like I'm just taking someone else's opinion, but I, I agree with what he's saying. And I was saying it myself, like the thing with the thing with Rhonda is like, uh, it, like if I'm trying to put it into words the right way, it, you're nothing, nothing she did made any sense. Like nothing she did made any so, sense. There's, there's so much wrong with this. So first of all, when they have the decision, right? Out of the blue, her music hits. Right. Okay? Yeah. And it's the same music she uses in the UFC. Right. So like dead giveaway, right? And then they showed the Titantron enough to where you could see Rhonda. Right? Right. And then they like, oops, and then they go back to the women. And like they don't show it again until you hear a big pop from the crowd and then she comes out. So one, it took her forever to get out there. And the crowd like wasn't reacting the way that I thought that they would. Right. Like music hits, you see the video screen. Two I get what she's trying to do with the tribute to Piper, but the jacket was huge on her. Yeah, it so was. So, like, her arms, her, her hand, you can't even see her hands. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she's supposed to point to a WrestleMania side. Anyways, so she comes out, right? And, like, she looks like she has no idea what she's supposed to do. Right. So she tries to come out looking intimidating, and she's smiling, and she's happy, and she just walks down there. And then she she walks up there and she just looks at Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. And then she looks at uh, Alexa and then she just points. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's it. Yeah. And then she tries to shake Oscar's hand and then Oscar knocks it away. Yeah. And then she points again. Yeah. Yeah. And then she leaves. Yeah, she shakes Stephanie's hand, she smiling. Stephanie's yeah, hand. yeah, smiling the whole time. Okay. Yeah. You know? Well, this is this is a chick or a woman, geez, Ronda Rousey. That I, I, I mean, she's she's coming out and clearly trying to be like a fan favorite. Like I'm just a fan, and I get I'm just happy to be a part of this. This is the same woman who refused to talk publicly, still to this day, about. Her losses to Ronda Rousey or Holly Holm. I'm sorry, to Holly Holm or Amanda Nunez. She she hasn't been this, like, sweetheart in the public's eye in quite a while. So, like, why do... If I'm the WWE, she, she walks out with Paul Heyman next to her. And Paul Heyman is saying, this is Ronda Rousey. She's here to show you what a real champion and a real fighter looks like. She's not afraid of any of you. And she's coming here because she doesn't respect any of you. She's coming here to kick all your asses. Exactly. 
I was the last thing I said in the article I wrote is that it, the night should have ended with her at the very like least throwing Lexa Bliss and it would look amazing. Yes. Yeah, I have no idea. I I would imagine that the initial idea is her and Charlotte because that's like the match that everyone seems to really want the most. Right. But and, and then like Charlotte, like is she on SmackDown? Right? Was Ronda there? Like no. Like okay. So what are we doing? Yeah. Like, instead, we got the Riot Squad attacking Charlotte because that was that was entertaining. And then everyone knows she's cool with Shayna. Why did Shayna come out there with her and just beat the crap out of all those women? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And, and, and the way that Shayna is, is the way that Ronda should be. 100%. So, my biggest concern with Ronda is, is I think it's a lot like Ken Shamrock. And what I mean is, is when Ken Shamrock in real life flies off the handle, it's about the most entertaining thing you'll ever see, right? Right. But when Ken Shamrock fake tries to fly off the handle, it's bad. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I feel like that's with Ronda. Like, all of her real emotions are what makes her work. And if she tries to fake that, it's going to come across really terrible. I think you're right. I know you're right. That's that's (laughs) for sure it. That's a great point because that's completely possible that that's what's going to happen. And she was completely like coddled and loved in the UFC and protected and everything was great when she was winning. But as soon as she faced adversity, she broke. She broke bad. And what happens in the, in the, in the wrestling because, man, wrestling fans can be brutal and can be unforgiving. And if they don't think that you're in it 100%, they're going to kill you for it. And if they think that you're just handed everything, they're going to let you know about it. So I'm very curious to see how things will work out uh, in that sense. Because I think Ronda handled her MMA exit so poorly. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that she turned off a lot of people, and it, it, it could have been so easily fixed. 
Like, all she had to do after losing Amanda is go talk to the press and say, look, you know, obviously, I had a hell of a run. I changed the game. MMA for women will always be, um, it will always be there now because of me. And she can take that claim, and that's fair. And then she can say that it just looks like this isn't my future anymore. I want to thank my fans. You know, I had a great time. I had a, this is a great path, and I'm so proud of everything that I accomplished. And I wish Amanda nothing but the best. And boom, bye. And everything would have been fine. But she just acted like her whole world crumbled, and she still can't talk about it and all that stuff. And I mean, it. It just seems like a disaster. And not only that, like, you don't need the same lettering as Roddy Roddy Piper. You don't need the same type of shirt. I understand you want to pay tribute, but come up with your own gimmick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought that I thought that, that part of it, as well as really the whole segment, if you want to call it that, was just awkward. Like, from from what you said, from the... The, the graphics showing to, you know, the, the mistiming there to her looking like Ro- Rowdy, Roddy Piper and the graph. I couldn't agree more, man. And I think you brought up a really, really good point about her mental, uh, her mental toughness, her mental attitude, because I honestly had thought about that. And I think that's something that I think the biggest takeaway people can, can get from this episode of the show is, is taking that into consideration of, cause <clears throat> I'll be the first to admit for years, I've been on that bandwagon of, you know, if Ronda Rousey were to ever come into the WWE, I thought she was going to be potentially even bigger than she was in MMA, just given like the worldwide platform, the being on TV every uh, week. We, we got a little bit of an example of that when she hopped the ring and got in there with The Rock, you know what I mean? And, right. Like, the crowd was going crazy for her, and like it was a big deal because she was a big deal back then. I don't think it's that way anymore. I really don't. I don't think that the WWE understands how bad of a job she did exiting out of MMA. I think you're right. I I think that Triple H and I can't speak for them obviously, but I think that Triple H and Stephanie follow MMA enough to know how big she was, but yeah. don't follow it close enough to know how poorly she exited. And yes. that's I think you're right on the money with that. Hey, but at the end of the day, if they if they booked themselves into a corner, gave her a contract that she can't live up to, all they got to do is hire Cyborg and she'll bail anyway. So maybe 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 that's the move. Who knows? <laughs> you know what's funny is though is that um, when it comes to to actually like her wrestling, I honestly think she could be pretty good. Like she has a lot of what you need, right? She's got a, like an amateur background, you know, because she would have to practice on wrestling and fighting. The judo, like she can make a lot of things look good with her judo. Um, submission skills, like she's just gonna have to humble herself and work hard and also really get the acting part down because it's it, it's important you know what i mean but i i do think as an athlete ronda can do this me too i i mean I, and i really hope that that's what winds up happening like i for i don't want this to sound like i don't want ronda to succeed because i i absolutely do i, I think that it would be great for her it'd be great for wrestling it'd be great for everyone involved but like if ronda turns out to be a female kurt angle Fantastic. Hell yeah. Everybody would be happy with that. Absolutely, you know dude. I mean? So I, I don't think it's impossible for her to be, you know, a great wrestler. I just, man, 
something about that lady, man. I don't know. She she just she can't keep it together. And then I was I was shocked that they actually signed her to a long term deal. Like I didn't expect that. I thought this was gonna be just till mania, and then we're on to something else. So. Like, how is she going to handle being on the road and all that, being away from Travis Brown? And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I don't know how many dates it is, to be right. to be fair. Like, I don't know if she got, like, the Brock Lesnar deal where she's only got to show up, like, 20, 25 times a year or something like that. Like, yeah. I, I have no idea. But my thing is, is if she, she needs experience, man. Yes. Like, if she's not, if she only shows up 25 times a year, like, she is going to so far behind right and that's what people don't understand that are looking at, from the outside in on this that can make comparisons between her and brock is like the, the major difference is brock was a made man and already had the experience before he ever went to the ufc he was already a pro wrestling main eventer that it, it was like riding a bike like that dude just jumped right back in so um ronda has not had that experience Oh, between him and, uh, like, the Bullet Club and, and Cody kind of taking over from what it looks like. And then, like, Ibushi's now involved. Yeah, man. Um, I, I I mean, I like it. You like how I stirred the pot right before the Rumble? <laughs> oh, yeah, Dev, you were, you were on Twitter talking a whole lot about Omega I was really showing up. To convince people. I really didn't think he was going to be there, but, man, the, there was a lot there that you could really, you know, if, if he really wanted to swerve people. Yeah, I, I I think that uh, I think we'll see Kenny in the WWE at some point, unless unless I mean, here's I the think, thing. Did you read a statement? I I saw that it was up, but I did not read it. What was the gist of it? Basically, that before he leaves the WWE, he had to be together with Ibushi. So like, oh. this is the final thing that he needs. So I I really think he's going next year. Wow, because he signed for one year, right? Like he he's... didn't just say before I leave New Japan. He said before I go to the WWE. Oh, he did. Oh, he he referenced the WWE by name. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, I didn't know that. Because my my whole opinion on Omega, as as well as guys like the Young Bucks and stuff, is like, do they really need the WWE? Like I like I like I get that it's major exposure and and probably they can negotiate more money because they can show the WWE what they're making now on their merchandise. Not like they're going to have serious negotiating power, but like it just, it just sucks that there's that trade off of creativity and, and leeway. And like, you really, you're really, it's a double edged sword of like fame and recognition versus like being able to continue really like, you know, putting together the kind of matches that you really want to have. So I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to see Kenny Omega in the WWE. Like, I, I definitely do. But I just also hope... My, it's the same kind of feeling I have with a guy like Ricochet, for instance. Like, yeah. like what are they going to really let Ricochet do? You know? And, and, like, I listened to, like, Triple H on the post NXT, and he was like, have you guys seen a guy? Like, they like, wait till you guys see Ricochet. This guy is incredible. So, like, obviously, he's a fan. And it's hard not to be, but yeah, where, where do you go? Because the guy's mic skills, not, 
not there, and his look is, doesn't match the voice. Like he, he, he talks, and you're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about him too. I just, I, I think he needs to be a guy that needs to be in NXT for a while. Dude, it's like, uh, it's like Marlon Marias. You ever hear him talk? Yeah, like every, every time he talks in a post fight, the crowd always like giggles because they're like, yeah. that's what this guy sounds like. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to take up any more of your time than you have, but I mean, like, you know, I can talk more MMA and stuff if you have the time for it, or we can do it, you know, sometime next week. But I'm always I'm down saying, to talk MMA. I have a couple questions. So, like, where do you think it's going to go around with the Bushi and Kenny? You think that they're going to end up meeting with the Young Bucks? Do you think the Young Bucks are going to stay affiliated? Yeah. If you don't have Kenny in it, I don't, I don't know how well you're gonna do. Like I, one thing though I think is good about Cody is Cody is a heel, and Cody can be a heel, and it will get over like a heel. Um, so that part's good. But when you're talking about like match quality and all that, like they, they lost their guy. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of ways they can go with it, obviously, but I, I think. This is just my thought process. I think that, I mean, I think they have to go obviously full, full fledged baby face with Kenny. Like he's, you know, he hasn't been getting booed in quite a while anyways. Like, so yeah. it's, you know, um, I well, think that, to get him more over than being with Ibushi. Like, that'll work for yeah, sure. that, that will work. Um, I think the Bucks will side with Cody. Um, I think the Bucks will do a full turn on Kenny at some point. Like, they'll beat him down. Something will happen. Yeah. Um, I do see Cody being their leader, at least for the foreseeable future. But, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff at play with the Bullet Club, too. Because, like, you know, you can tell that they there there's a lot they want to do with Marty Skrull. And, yeah. and you know, there's Hangman Page is still relatively young and kind of new. He's been wrestling for quite a while, but like he's yeah. still fairly new. Like in you know, he's very young. You know, um, I always thought he was underrated, but like charisma wise and stuff, man, it's not there. So I don't, I don't know what he needs to do to keep working on as a character. I think he can go in the ring though, but I, man, I don't know. It, it's weird seeing him in the Bullet Club. I feel like it's so forced, right? Yeah, it, and, you know, they got a lot of other guys there, too. Like, I mean, it's almost become, like, I was joking before, like, the NWOB squad kind of deal where they've got, they've yeah. still got, like, Tomatonga, who I actually really like. I think Tomatonga is really entertaining. Um, but, like, my thing is, though, is, like, now they just lost their whole Hogan. Right. Well, and they lost their, their two Hulk Hogan's before that also, right? I mean, they, yes. they've, lost, they've lost Balor, and AJ, and now him. And that's what I thought found so interesting with this storyline is, is, like, you when you get kicked out of the club like that's it like they're gone and he's still gonna be there for like another year so it's gonna be interesting to see how they work it out you know yeah i think and i i think it'll it'll be it'll be good however they wind up doing it it'll be interesting to see what the bullet club is i don't think that they are gonna break that faction up anytime soon because it's just a merchandise killer you know like especially with with the hot topic deal, obviously, especially, I mean, their stuff is all over the place, and it's opened the door for you know Jericho to get his stuff in hot topic and some other wrestlers and stuff. So, but and and I think I think Cody can carry it. Um, I think I think you're right about, and I'm also biased. I talk about that all the time, but like 
I think that uh, I think he could do it on it. I it, is, it isn't. I guess I'll put it this way: him being the leader would be would seem more of like a collective thing where he's the leader, but also like Skrull and the Bucks are like right there kind of thing with him versus like a standalone leader like AJ Balor or, or Kenny was. Yeah. Um, but either way, it'll it'll lead to good stuff. I think that will get. Kenny and Ibushi one on one, at least a couple times before before Kenny leaves. Dude, that'll be so amazing. Yeah, like, I, 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 that's the match I want so bad. And like, you, I think that'll be incredible. Me too. And you and you can't forget. And the great thing is, is there's emotion in it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not just two high flyers at, at no point. Like it, they have a big history. So. I think that it'll 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 be really good. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, there was another point I was gonna make. I'm trying to remember what it was about uh about Abushi and Kenny. Um, oh yeah, of course I was gonna mention. You know, you know they've got that all in Bullet Club show September first. Also, um, yeah. in the states, we don't know where it's gonna be yet. It sounds like Chicago is like what most people think, but um. I could definitely see maybe you know maybe Kenny and Cody having a bit a main event match there maybe or something you know yeah. there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff they can do in in Japan well, and in the states. Like, do you really see like New Japan carry an angle of Kenny and Cody? Like I I just don't know if that really would work in in New Japan. Like I feel like that that may that might be separated in, in the states if it if they have those matches in the states and that makes sense. Like, right. I, I just don't know if it, you know, they'd headline stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting though. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens, and I'll, I'll definitely be watching. Um, but I like that though. I like that you, you don't know where it's going, and I thought that being the elite, they, the way they ended that was great, really good. So I'm one episode behind on the YouTube series. Um, okay. But. So like, no, I'm gonna watch it actually right after this because now I'm thinking okay. about it. Um, but I'm caught up up to up to this point, so I'm I am in the loop up to right before this last episode. So I I, I have an idea of kind of where things are, and I've seen of course the New Japan Television too. But like, uh, I guess I guess to answer your question, I don't I don't know any more than 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 you would, you know, as far as like where it's headed. But it's all gonna be good stuff. Um, yeah, and that that's a good thing with New Japan too is like. Now that you're watching a bit more often, what do you think about some of the, like the kind of the up and coming guys like uh, like Hiromu Takahashi? I, I like a lot, you know, like those kind of guys. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, it's pretty. I feel like New Japan's pretty top heavy, and a lot of the smaller, like a lot of the undercard, I don't pay too much attention to. I'm not saying that they're not good or not. I just haven't really paid too much attention to them. Sure. Um, so I'm still learning, but like I enjoyed Jay White and Kenny Omega. I enjoyed um, I, I watched like the last four matches on that card. It was good. Did um, you watch Suzuki versus Tanahashi the night before that? I did. I'm not the biggest fan of Suzuki. Like, I'm a mark for it, man. I'm a mark for because because well, I mean I'm I'm preaching to the choir because you know too. But like I mean the guy founded fucking Pancrase. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and he's, like, and he's still just, doing like, it. I guess when it's really stiff in a wrestling match, like it's cool and all, but like I'm really more of a mark for athletic ability. And if I want to watch real stiffness, like I'll just watch fight. You know right. what I mean? Like MMA. Um, and you know what kills me too is like, man, if Pride was still around, like I wonder how many of these guys would be fighting 
in Pride because they used to take like pro wrestlers and put them in Pride and stuff. And uh-huh. So like New Japan really reminds me of that too of Pride. So, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'll never forget uh, Alberto Del Rio fighting Crow Cop in Pride. Yeah, I wish that would happen still early, man. I know, man. What a what a piece of trash. Um, <laughs> got anything? You got anything else for me, man? From what I understand, he's still done, man, and it's a it's a fucking shame. That that was that was like that was the next guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you a huge fan of Okada? Uh, man, I and I know where you're coming from with this question because he uh-huh. he seems kind of basic, right? Uh-huh. Uh, um. Now, granted, I mean, he's had great matches with Kenny Omega and stuff, and I've watched them, so I'm not hearing crap on him or anything like that. Like, sure. I think he can be that guy. One thing that bothers me about Japan is they have to have a Japan star right. for them to have a successful company. And it, it's no different than, like, their Cena or anything like that, but I, I'm just not a fan of, like, when one person dominates a company bothers me like it should be more open right but, um it just seems like it's just like between him and nato and tanahashi and guys like that that are like the ace right right um so yeah but like i'm not super impressed by okada like i think he's good but i'm not like like i hear dave Meltzer talk about okada and i'm just like uh, no yeah well well i guess i guess to answer your question like i I, I I think he's I I'll, I'll call him a great wrestler. I I'm not going to I'm not going to say he's like Kenny Omega. Like I think that what Kenny Omega does is is much different, but like um I'll give Okada the credit though as far as like he's technically he's obviously very good. He he was very good at storytelling and he sells really really well. That's 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 his big his big his biggest, I guess I should say strength. Is he's really he's really good at at taking the beating and his facial expressions are really good, um, kind of like Adam Cole, like we were talking, like when they zoom in on his face, you can really feel it. Um, my my downsides on Okada, especially when I started watching him, was my honestly, and, and it's changed because of how protected it is. But like, I was always annoyed when I first started watching New Japan, and this is. I mean, I've been following it for a while, but I really, you know, you know, who got me into New Japan was Truth Slayer from YouTube. Yeah, because um, he would never shut up about it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna find out what this is. He'd, he'd stand the flag for Ring of Honor, and then after that, it didn't work out so well. Then he went with New Japan. Right. But um, but, yeah. but what? But, but he I, is such like if Dave says this, then it is. Then that's what it is. Like he is such a Dave guy, and it it, it drives me crazy sometimes. Right. But. Well, my, like, I, I'm not bashing him because I, I, I've met him a couple times. He's a nice guy and everything. But, like, man, I don't think I've ever heard him disagree with Dave in anything. Right. Well, I guess my, well, my point kind of being is, like, you know, so I guess around that time when he was starting to get big on YouTube along with, like, you guys and stuff is when I started, like, actually following and, like, searching out for a lot of, like, the current New Japan matches at the time. And... I was always so underwhelmed with the Rainmaker. 
Like, because I was like, we've seen every move in the book during these matches, and then it's ended with a short line, a short arm clothesline. I didn't understand that. Um, I'm not saying I necessarily like it any better now, because I still think it's kind of bad. He also uses a Cobra Clutch now, too, which is like a really outdated submission hold. So, like, yeah. but but they protected the Rainmaker so well, where, like, the only people who ever kick out of it is when it's, like, you know the main event of their biggest shows. Otherwise it's, you know, he hits it and it's done, which I like. Um, but in comparison to like to see Naito, I think Naito is more talented, um, all around than Okada is personally. Um, YouTube video on Naito's story. It was really, it was really crazy. Yeah. How he like went to like the chosen one and the fans Mm -hmm. rejected him. And then he like went out and like, left New Japan, like, went to Mexico and all this stuff, like, it was an interesting story. That's the cool thing about a guy like Shibata, too, is, uh, it was kind of similar where, not, not from the sense where Shibata didn't get, like, the kind of push Naito did or initially or anything like that, like, the the fans kind of, Roman Reigns, like, rejected Naito is what happened. They, they were like, they were like, this isn't for us. He left for, for Mexico, came back and, like, was this megastar in, in their, in their company, but, um, Got himself over. Got himself over. But, like, Shibata was so such an interesting story because he was of the same, like, young boy group as guys. I don't want to misquote the names, but I believe it was the same group of guys as, like, Nakamura and Tanahashi and those guys. And he, instead of, like, doing the traditional thing where they do the young boy thing and then the all, like, the grunt work and then the young lion stuff then go on their excursion – and then come back and get their push, like what Jay White just got done doing, uh, Rapungi 3K just got done doing it. Um, apparently, Shibata, instead of doing all that, did his training and then left for another Japanese company. So, so when they brought him back, that's why he never he never like advanced from like the black trunks and the black boots and like the. Because that's what they make all the young boys and the young lions wear. They're only allowed to use certain moves, and they all have to wear the same gear until they're, like, graduated to getting their own gear in their their own move set. So, so, so like, about Jay White, did he, did he just recently debut in actual New Japan, but they were using him in Ring of Honor? Yes, he was on an excursion. So he did his training and everything. Uh, he was part of New Japan's, like, young boy system, and but he, but he also worked... Uh, like in other countries and stuff. Okay. Um, and like, I knew that he had wrestled in other places before and I knew that he was like on Ring of Honor and stuff. And then they were like, I think they were talking about how he was just debuting in, in New Japan. And I was like, what? Yeah. That, that's what wound up happening was he, that was him coming back to New Japan, but he was debuting the, sp- the Switchblade character. He had never used that before. So it was like that's his re-debut. Very good. I liked that. Yeah. So that's like the cool little underlying stuff of New Japan is like, because even I, I would recommend like if you haven't um already like check out you know Nakamura from you know when he was fighting you know MMA and training pro you know him and Samoa Joe Daniel Bryan shared a house in California and trained before trained MMA before they got into wrestling and stuff like that like there's there's really really cool stories about these guys uh and seeing the how generic they were. And then once they were given, like, their characters and stuff, like, just how things changed so much throughout the years for these guys, it's really interesting. Yeah. 
That was crazy that, like, I, like when people were talking about Sakuraba you know, as a wrestler, I was like, what are you talking about? Because, like, I only knew him as an MMA fighter. Right. So, and then they were telling me he was actually pretty good, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. But, like, that was, like, the Okada of MMA. Like, he was the guy. And when he went Vanderlei just destroyed him, like, a, they never found a replacement. You know right. what I mean? So, it's a... Uh, like I said, they, they build it to where Japan is the a Japanese guy is their their focus and it's all good and that's why I, I wonder how the Kenny and Cody feud would be like handled. But uh, what what do you think of Jay White? You like him? I'm warming up to it. I I think I I don't dislike him by any means and and I've seen his stuff before New Japan uh like before his return to New Japan technically that. Very, you know, very impressive. Um, I think the issue was he, you know, he redebuts as as the Switchblade character, but it was never, never like fully explained. Like it was, it was just kind of like this kind of like I don't think Jay White even really understood what the the character like really was, and he was thrown immediately into a high level. Um, high-profile uh, match with Tanahashi at the biggest show of the year, and it was sandwiched basically, not sandwiched uh, order-wise, but, you know, perception-wise, it's going to get sandwiched in between, you know, the amazing Jericho-Omega match and Naito versus Omega, or sorry, Naito versus Okada. So, like, it was such an uphill battle for him debuting in that spot and then having to take on Tanahashi who is in a very similar spot to John Cena where he's he was the face of the company for a long time, but he's not the guy he used to be in the ring or really as a character. Really beat up. His knees are like I think I think that thing with with uh Suzuki was a way to get him off TV for a while to to recover from from knee issues, I think. Um but yeah, he's beat up and but but that's all to say, like I think that Jay White had a really uh it was a rough start. Like, it just wasn't the best spot for him to start in, I don't think. But they've really turned it around immediately with the Omega and U.S. Championship stuff. So, Don't you think it's weird that he won the title? Already? Really weird. I didn't expect that at all. I didn't either. And that's another reason why I thought Omega's, like, done. Because, like, he took so much pride in that belt. And then, like, they're about to have a U.S. show and all that stuff. Like, it just didn't. It didn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. Um, it's similar to like I don't understand why they took the. Well, I know New Japan probably didn't have a say in it, but I, I thought that it was a big mistake having Dalton Castle go over Cody Rhodes for the ROH title right before yeah. the Wrestle Kingdom with Ibushi. I think I thought it took away from the match. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Yeah. I hate that, by the way. I I I don't like Dalton Castle at all. Oh yeah. So, I was interested in your opinion of him. I've, I've been to a few events live where he's there, and he's over. He sells merch, and people like him and all that stuff, but I I think he's over like the New Day is over. Like, they're there to have a good time and have fun and all that, but that's not what you want your champion to be. Like, I would, especially a company like Ring of Honor, like, that felt like a TNA movie. And, yeah, uh, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I think they need to stay. Like, Ring, 
Ring of Honor's cards are bad now, man. Like the roster's trash. Well, look like, at NXT. That that's where they're all at. Versus Briscoes and oh god. Well, I will like, say to their I I really like Chuck Taylor and, and Trent Beretta. Like I'm I'm like I. Don't I like Chuck Taylor. I think Chuck Taylor is fucking hilarious. Like his Twitter is like my favorite. He's just he's such a moron. It's it's just so yes. funny to me. But um, I'm just not a fan. And then like he's headlining PWGs, and there's a lot of people at PWG that hate that guy. And it's just ugh. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Chuck Taylor, but he's been around a long time. He's a vet, and I get it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think Ring of Honor's in a weird spot right now. Like the roster is depleted and they they went a direction that I didn't think they ever would so yeah I, I really wish and think that they should they should be putting on a product way more similar to what they were doing when the company started like you know that's what that's what attracted me to the company in the, in the first place was guys like Loki and who I another guy that like personally I don't know what is up with Loki like that guy like he doesn't know it's a work still. Like it's it's weird. It's really weird to me. <laughs> like, like I've seen all these videos and gifts and clips. That guy, that guy should be in NXT. That guy should be all over the place. I mean, he's amazing talent, but he is just he's a whack job. And you know, you get that though. I mean, like Teddy Hart too. Like Teddy was way ahead of his time, and he just completely is an idiot carrying a cat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I have no idea. And Teddy Hart just but, rambles. Like, all of his interviews, someone asks him a question, and he just, he'll go on for, like, ten minutes about how somehow being related to Bret Hart hurt his career. It's like, how it always winds up. I mean, I was at Ring of Honor in, um, in Dallas for WrestleMania weekend, and he shows up in a fur coat with sunglasses and a cat. Just, like, <laughs> sits up there and, like, second row or something and like nobody even approaches them like nobody's even talking to him they just get a picture or anything like they're just like okay just a whack job you know what I mean yeah but I remember when he was like in TNA and Wrestling Society X and all that stuff and he would do stuff that like I had never seen before like he was ultra impressive but man Total nut job. Dude, it's funny you brought up Teddy Hart because earlier today I did another podcast that's airing on Friday, but I talked to uh, this guy, Mikey, who owns a independent pro wrestling organization out of Indiana called Black Label Pro. And on their on their next uh, show on February 10th, they've got this guy, Darby Allen. I don't know if you're familiar with yep. him. Yep. Um, yep, Darby Allen and Teddy Hart are wrestling on a show on the 10th. And uh, I, I will say... Well, I'm 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 excited. I'm not going to be there live because I'll be in Chattanooga for a different show. But I I will say, and I've said it on my show a few times, Teddy Hart I think is the one guy who I've never seen live wrestle that I that I is still on my list. Like he's like the one dude who I I because I'm like dude because I I mean I I remember like Trent Acid in those guys. You know what I mean? Like I mean like old school like indie fucking like these dudes who were. Literally, like, they were, like, the pirates of pro wrestling at that point. Like, they were the dudes. And Teddy Hart was the guy who was doing double moonsaults off of the top of cages and stuff. I mean, just... But, but now... And he was was deemed... Him and Jack Evans. Yep, Jack Evans. That's another dude who doesn't get any credit, but, like, did some of the most revolutionary shit I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. 
but but they were all before their time, and now all the guys who are making it in NXT and making it on you know mainstream TV are now they're now they're all doing the stuff that that these guys came up with that was deemed you know unacceptable at the time. It's kind of crazy. Another guy that was like on all those cards and stuff that is nowhere near nowhere around anymore is Jimmy Rain. Like yeah. Dude, there was, you know, I'm having on my podcast soon. Um, I'm surprised that he's even still around, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be talking to Human Tornado soon. That'll be interesting. Okay. Um, he's still wrestling. I had I had no idea. Um, so, <laughs> well, well, what wound up happening was like I I tweeted like I didn't even tag him in it because I didn't know he was on Twitter. But I I, I put like. I said something about – I can't remember what it was. It was probably something about how, like, Rich Swan must have been a huge Human Tornado fan or something like that. And, and like, he retweeted it. Like, he must, like, search his own name on Twitter or something. And he retweeted it, um, like, as his own tweet. Like, I was, it, was like he, it was like he didn't know that there was just the button just to retweet it. So he did, like, the old, like, RT space, like, my message. Anyway, um – I, I contact him and just asked him if he wanted to do the show and stuff. And, and his only – it was I was actually kind of sad, but his only requirement was that I, I did a, a $2 donation to his, his Patreon. And I was like, I'll, yeah, I'll give you $2, Tornado. Like, that's that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that was easy. But, uh, but yeah, so for anyone listening, $2 can get you in. Dude. I've got to say though, man, I love Joey Janela because, dude, he comes and wrestles here in bars in Nashville, like at, at shows that I go to. Like, the guy's shameless. That guy's gonna gonna break his neck, dude. He takes so many ridiculous bumps and stuff. Like, wow. Yeah, he's he's incredibly reckless, but he loves pro wrestling. Yeah, I'll give him that. He loves the business of pro Did wrestling. Did you watch that Spring Break show last year? I didn't. something that he might think is funny because you brought up glacier and janelle and that like so i i know i know all the local promoters out here that you know that book talent for small shows and i was actually talking to one of them uh just a week or so ago um because he was asking me just just hypothetically like who i would want to see at some of the shows around here because and i won't tell you the number at least on air because i don't want to throw the dude under the bus but I can tell you exactly how much Glacier asks for for indie appearances, and I can also tell you that part of his deal is he doesn't want to put anyone over. Like even now, he's not he doesn't want to lose matches. Um so um, takes himself so seriously. Oh dude. He's such a gimmick. He was my high school lacrosse coach in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. He was he was him and me, me him and Cody were all in the same high school. Like it's it's hilarious. 
how this how this worked out, but like, yeah, after he was Glacier, Ray Lloyd was a coach at my at my high school, and so after he was Glacier, after he was Glacier, yeah, this is this wow. is in two thousand two to two thousand six, so. Yeah, so like he was already Glacier, and I'm the biggest WCW mark on earth. So, so I, so I'm, I'm like, oh, this is Glacier, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah, I asked him if I could use the cryonic kick in, in my matches. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, <laughs> no, we had the most random group of people come to our school. I mean, I'm assuming like, Dusty had some influence too because like he he's big in like the area and and stuff and and yeah. like you know Cody went to our school like I said so like we would have like motivational speakers come in a lot of the times they'd be wrestlers like to come in and talk talk to the school and uh I'm having a hard time saying this because I haven't I've never said this story publicly ever um so one time Eric Watts came to our school oh, yeah yeah and he gave us this whole this whole motivational speech about like how 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 uh, how life is uh, how life is worth living and try to kill himself like five years later. <laughs> um, um, it, was, it was so disappointing, and he and he told the whole school that he was one half of the ECW champions, but totally wasn't an ECW. Oh my god, it was so bad because like he figured no one would know. Like whether he whether or not he was in ECW because you probably figured there was no no one who watched ECW in the school, and he he had this, this belt with him, that was it was the TCW championship which was, um Dusty Rhodes Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling like a like a super local thing that ran in high school gyms, um but he was trying to pass it off like he was this ECW superstar. Um, and just telling us all about how life is worth living. And then, yeah, there was all these reports a few years later about him trying to commit suicide. So it was, uh, it was, I think, uh, I think Raven would be a fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Raven. Yeah, dude. Just, oh my God. I've heard. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there was anyone, I mean, more will come to mind afterwards and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it next time if I can remember, but like, so what's the age gap between Two years. He's two years older than I am. Wow. So, like, he was a senior and you were a sophomore? Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, so... Know, was, he, was he a dick? Was he cool? No, he was, he was the coolest dude, man. Like, he was... He's and That's why I'm such a big fan of him to this day is because, like... So, it's really cool because, like... So, like, our, his freshman year... Um, and I didn't know him or know of him or anything until I was in high school and I was on, on the same wrestling team as him. Like we had a really, really big high school. There was like 500 people like per class. And, um, and you know, I got to know Cody and, you know, obviously through the team and, and all that stuff. And, and, um, he got sixth place at state, I think like his sophomore year in wrestling and then just like kicked it, something kicked into gear where like he just got like insanely motivated and wound up winning state his junior and senior year at the same weight class. Um, and I've never seen somebody in person with, with that kind of work ethic ever. I mean, just the dude was literally, he'd wake up in the morning, he'd run before school started. Uh, he'd go to weight training, like the first class of the day, he'd cut weight throughout the day. We, we had a wrestling class for like the wrestling team where we got like extra practice in before practice 
and then he and then he'd train after after practice was over and I mean just the dude but what was really cool too is in the process like the Steiner brothers and DDP would come to our matches with Dusty and stuff sometimes so like I'm like the oh uh, so like I'm the biggest mark ever you know so like like I got to shake Dusty Rhodes' hand when I was in high school and just like I told him that I didn't like that John Cena was the top guy <laughs> you know um um yeah, that kind of stuff uh, no, he was just like, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, babe, you know what, you know how it is, you know, it's just, you know, it's, uh, you know, he, he, the suit, here's the cool thing, Dusty Rhodes, like, this is stuff people need to know about Dusty Rhodes, like, that dude was as normal as anyone you've ever met in your life, he, he stood there with my dad and everyone else's parents, grilling hot dogs at the matches and, and working the vending machine, or working the, the, the vending for the events, and pulling ticket stubs, and I mean, he was, he was just like anyone else's parents, you know what I mean? And so if Dusty Rhodes, I can't say enough good things about same with Diamond Dallas Page. Um, he was always so cool to everyone on our team. Um, Cody was actually in the first ever uh, yoga for regular guys uh, book that later became DDP yoga. Um, he was he was like a model in, in that book. Um, I still remember saying hello to the Steiner brothers and being terrified when Scott Steiner just kind of like stared at me and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out. Um, but yeah, good times, man. Uh, Buff Bagwell was from the area. <laughs> was Cody like a big wrestling fan? Well, here's the thing. He, he was for sure, but he hit it like big time. Cause like, you know, yeah. it just wasn't the cool thing. Um, what probably the coolest thing for me though, was there was one time, but it was between, uh, Goldust's run in TNA and his return to WWE, I believe. W- one of the returns. Like yeah, when he was trying to get back into shape, um, he came and he trained in our wrestling annex with our wrestling team for a little while to try to get back in shape. So, got to work out, you know, like with Dustin, which, so like, there was some really cool, I, and, but that's the thing. I, I got to see Cody, like, so when he was, um, when he was in high school, he had a ring, a wrestling ring in the basement of his house and they would take the extra ring and put it in our wrestling annex over the summers so that Cody could train to prepare for OVW because he had never wrestled outside of the WWE. And so I, I would, I would literally watch him taking, learning how to take bumps and, and doing, I mean, he was doing moonsaults from the top rope when we were like, you know, he was probably probably younger than I ever saw him do it. But when I was, you know, 16, I was already seeing him doing these moves in the ring and being, and I was already like, okay, this, and you know, I know he's legitimately like a drug free guy and he's a good dude. So like, I I can't say enough good things about him because like the success that he's had outside the WWE has been huge because it's the stuff that I've always known about him, but it was always just so suppressed in the WWE. There's never really gave him the chance that, that I really thought he should have. So um, it's really cool seeing what he's doing now, for sure. I remember, like, the first time I ever saw him was, like, the Hall of Fame speech with Dusty. Like, when he's the one that inducted him. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, that little dude cut a promo. Like, that's mm-hmm. immediately what I thought. Like, I never had seen him before. I knew that, you know, Goldust was Dusty's son, but I didn't know anything about Cody. Yeah. And you might, you might know this because I've talked about it publicly on Jericho's podcast, but one of Cody's 
wrestling rivals in high school was Xavier Woods, who went to high school right up the street from us. Really? Yeah, so Xavier and Woods and Cody Rhodes had like a high school wrestling feud. Cause the thing right. with cause the thing with Cody was he was always like the guy getting booed out of the building and stuff because every, and people were brutal to him because he was everyone wanted to everyone felt like if you beat Cody Rhodes, you were beating Dusty Rhodes. So so he was always dealing with adversity with that and uh there's some really funny stories about about him and Xavier during like their their high school feud and stuff. It's just it's really funny that it was that long ago already, but um it's really really cool to really cool to see for sure, man. I I can't say enough good things about Cody. That's <coughs> small world. Super small. You you never you never know, man. Um, well, shit, dude, I've had you for three hours, man. I, you know, you know, I could do this all night because I, I don't get, I don't get enough of a chance to to talk about wrestling and MMA and stuff with other fans, like in my same, in my same boat, really, you know? So, um, absolutely. Well, especially like right now, I mean, uh, with Rhonda coming in, it, it helps to have both perspectives because if you're just a wrestling fan that doesn't pay attention to MMA, like you have no idea what is coming. You know what I mean? But, like, if you're an MMA fan and also a pro wrestling fan, you understand the hill, the hill that she has to climb and what what the WWE should be concerned about. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And, and I'll close it on this. You know, I, I saw Ariel Hawani tweeted out uh, right afterwards, like, asking how interested fans were that Ronda Rousey had made her debut in the WWE. And it was something like... 84 per it was like 20 it was like 24,000 votes and like 84 percent of the votes was either that they hated it or didn't care that ronda was there like only like 12 percent of that 24,000 people like said that they loved ronda showing up at the royal rumble so that's and that and that's and that's like an mma crowd and you, you know we got to figure that there was a lot of people just hitting that because they don't like ronda but yeah. But still, I mean, if anyone's going to, like, have an opinion, it's going to be MMA fans, you know? So, like... One I'd... thing I did find interesting, though, is that her shirt was already the number one seller. Like, that was a pretty good, clear indication that she still has a fan base. But I do think it's interesting, though, like, would she have this fan base if she was only in the WWE? Like, would they be wanting her to be, like, this feminist icon and all this stuff? Like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Right. So, she 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 got this because of the UFC, but like, how long can she hold on to this? You know how how many ESPN interviews are gonna want to interview WWE performer Ronda Rousey? You know what I mean? Right. So, I I don't know. It'll and, be interesting. And I didn't know about the T-shirt thing. That that's a really good sign. Um, yeah, like the next day she was the number one seller of T-shirts. So. That's what saved Samoa Joe, dude. Like he came in with that with that yeah. T-shirt, and it like sold it sold out like the night of, and they were like, "Okay, so Samoa Joe's a superstar." We didn't realize that. Um, that horrible music and everything. Oh my god, that was so bad. It was like the like wannabe like background like rap music from like the nineties. Oh I mean, my god. Yeah. Undisputed eras. I lo- I like a lot of the shock the system and, and Alistair Black's is fantastic. Yep. Um Velveteen Dreams is good. Like there's a lot of them that are they're really good. I like the revivals. Um there's a lot of good 
music now, so but man, yeah, when he first came out, oh, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. All right, Doug. Well, hey, you got anything you uh you want to plug or like your Twitter or anything before we get out of here? You can follow me on my Twitter. Let's see what I am. Sorry. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know it. It's it's Doug DCB Tito for LIF, right? It's like for that's life, correct. but no e. Yeah, that's correct. And then also, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I'm gonna do with my YouTube page. I I just recently did a, a video uh, chat live live chat thing that was filmed or whatever. So that's on there. And then um, I'm probably gonna try to do videos more often once I can figure out how to work the the camera on my phone and all that stuff so um might be making a little bit of a youtube comeback we'll see dude you need to man you've been saying it for a while now like i want to i want to see you do it one of those things that you just gotta be committed to it and stick with it like um i was gonna i was gonna do a video of a live pro wrestling fans should care about dc versus stipe oh i like that yeah because you know, you don't get a lot of great storylines in in wrestling. So, you know, and then this is what I always say is the MMA wrestling are really not that far apart. And this is a storyline that, that people can get behind, you know. And um, and then I was going to do a video also of the perspective from an MMA fan and a wrestling fan of Ronda Rousey and what, what to expect on both sides. So... I'm thinking about doing just more like one topic, you know, eight minutes, ten minutes, whatever, and just knocking out stuff. And I think that would get more interest than just, you know, some big, long, two-hour spiel of me talking. <laughs> what we're doing right now. Exactly, right? <laughs> right. But, um, you know, in YouTube, people's attention spans aren't that long. And so right. it is, uh, that, and that's one of the problems, too, is I'll knock out two three hours and then you won't see me for three four five months so try to just be a little bit more consistent yeah and that's the big difference obviously between like audio only and video like people can take this or leave it for whatever it is but like this is easy to listen to when you're driving to work or something versus you know having to pull it up and have a good internet connection to get like a high quality video stream when you're driving around and stuff like that and so yeah yeah, i definitely understand the differences there um well hey man i really appreciate you coming on and giving me so much time like i've said before i could do this all night but i i do want to talk mma with you next week and we'll we'll uh if you're if you're available or the week after and i'll i'll send you a message on twitter to try to set that up but i definitely want to talk mma since we didn't really get much of a chance to do that today yeah i know we covered three hours of wrestling so i didn't think it was possible that i'm at least involved enough to know what's going on because couple months ago man i couldn't tell you anything i have no <laughs> idea whatever I, I basically after i went to the survivor series and war games I, that's when he got bit by the bug again started paying attention to stuff and that's when you know kenny omega and jericho was like getting built and stuff so yeah it, it worked out pretty well and it'll probably be good all the way till about you know april after april it'll might go downhill again so we'll see how it goes hopefully they can be more consistent at least with NXT, WWE, and New Japan, and Ring of Honor, and TNA trying to rebuild itself. Like, there's got to be something good throughout the year, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I will also throw one quick plug out there for powerbomb.tv. 
just going to throw that out there. I, I, I talk about them a lot on my indie wrestling uh, podcast, but they're a really cool streaming service that I'm not backed by any way, shape, or form, but they do a nine ninety nine a month thing, powerbomb.tv, and it's a really cool... That's the thing now, right? Like, <clears throat> yep. TNA, High Spots, Powerbomb, like, you name it. Like, it's, exactly. It's, uh... And, and honestly, that's where the future's heading, though. I really think that. I think Cable's kind of dying, and it's going to be all subscription-based, whichever yeah. whatever you want. And so. we'll talk about that next time for sure, because I think that Amazon is going to be a big front-runner for the UFC, and that could make for interesting... Uh, interesting uh i guess digital content as well because it's gonna be like an amazon prime member to watch a paper i don't know i don't know what they're gonna well but you know they're they're uh they're like one of the front runners to because man there's still so much we could talk about between that Isn't wwe also like with Am- like facebook amazon fox like all sorts of different ones yeah there, so. and and i'm terrified that they're gonna sell to disney like i i think that's a, a very strong possibility um so shit, man. Well, I'm, I got I got to cut. It. I mean, I, <laughs> I we're gonna we're gonna wind up talking another three hours, which is fine with me. But that's also because I don't have anything to really do tomorrow morning. Um, Doug, can't thank you enough, man. I'll get you back on the show sometime within the next couple weeks, and we will tackle more WWE Network stuff. We'll talk possible uh, sale to Disney for WWE. We'll talk about uh, upcoming UFC shows. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, Bellator, we'll get into all that stuff, man. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Take care. All right, later, brother. All right. Thanks once again to Doug Bateman for coming on the show. That was a whole lot, wasn't it? I know uh, we got a little heavy on the women's wrestling bashing, so I do apologize if that came off a little harsh, but we're just calling it like we see it, and we've both been watching wrestling for, I mean, both of us, I'd say, around 30 years or so. Uh, So this is an opinion of two people that, you know, we're big fans and we want what's best for the company. Uh, you heard our thoughts on Ronda, our thoughts on the Rumble, NXT, everything. And next time, like I mentioned at the end, we're going to talk some MMA. Hope to get Doug back on the show really soon. Um, and I apologize if I offended anyone during the show too by saying anything that it, maybe I shouldn't have. But once again, this is freeform conversation. Uh, if I can say that word, conversation. Um, and that's just, you know, how that's how it is. And that's why I wanted to leave everything in there unedited. Because this is how wrestling fans talk on the phone. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It was just me and him catching up as friends, talking wrestling, talking football, you know. And I wanted to let you guys in on the conversation. Because I think that's what's so cool about the podcast platform is there's no rules to it. And the really cool thing about it, 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 what I try to do with my show especially, is make it like you're just in the room hanging out with other wrestling fans while you're doing whatever you're doing and, and while you're listening. So... Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I know it was long, but like I said, tried to change it up a little bit and hope you liked it. Uh, with that all being said, if you did enjoy this episode, please hit the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. Please leave me, leave me, please leave me a five-star rating and any kind of review. It helps the podcast out so much. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Also, I can be found on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. My Facebook group is Fight Talk Podcast. And please jump on whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Grab some Fight Talk podcast merchandise. Got multiple design logos for you on there and a whole bunch of different stuff. And anything that you spend on there just goes right back into the podcast to help me get better equipment, book guests, uh, get to events, and interview people live. So 
uh, it all helps out the podcast and makes it better for everybody. So with that all being said, thank you very, very much for listening. The next episode you're going to hear will be my preview of Black Label Pro's upcoming show on February the 10th. And I do that with the owner of Black Label Pro, Mikey. So you'll be hearing that soon, probably on Friday. So stay tuned for that. And until then, I will be back soon. Hey,